All right, welcome to the show. I am the hard bastard. I am uh, currently on the road, and that is the reason for the echo and the uh, different schedule. Uh, we'll be doing this for a while, um, semi-daily. Uh, let's see, what is today? The 29th, right? So New Year's Eve is not tomorrow. It's the next day, right? So this is Friday. It'll be Sunday. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, sporadic, but it'll probably average every other day. Uh, and uh, it'll start around 10, 1030 until I get back home, uh, which should be probably by, I don't know, the 6th of January, something like that. Then we'll go back to normal. Okay, so we're going to start here with this, um, this, at least as far as I've covered uh, Democrats, this is the first time I've ever seen them in uh, 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 in kind of like disarray as far as a narrative. Um, there there seems to be genuine disagreement over how exactly uh, to steal the election from Trump. And so uh, we covered yesterday, of course, this ridiculous bitch from Maine, who is just uh, a total lunatic deciding uh, on her own to just remove Trump from the ballot, which is completely insane. And now you have this. The California Secretary of State refuses to remove Trump from the ballot. So the AIDS commie Secretary of State in California refuses to remove Trump from the ballot. It's fucking crazy. California Secretary of State Shirley Weber refused to go along with calls from some Democrats in her state to remove Trump from the 24 primary ballot. Last week, AIDS commie Lieutenant Governor Alina Kokolakinis called for Weber to strike Trump from the ballot following the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to bar the former president from the ballot, claiming that the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment disqualifies him from holding office. Weber responded to the lieutenant governor's request without clarifying whether she would follow through and remove Trump's name from the pool of candidates. But on Thursday night, the Secretary of State's office released a list of certified candidates showing Trump on the ballot. The other thing about this is uh, the, the main one, the Colorado Supreme Court one. They're playing this game where the media is claiming Trump's been removed from the ballot, but he actually hasn't been removed from the ballot. He's still on the ballot, technically. So I think they're playing hot potato. The ones who want to do this are kind of playing hot potato and they're hoping the Supreme Court will take the heat and do what they want them to do. And then meanwhile, there's all these other Democrats that aren't agreeing with this, which uh, I've just never seen that before as far as, not, I'm not saying it's never happened before, I'm just saying as far as my coverage and as long as I've been doing this, which is not, you know, not too long, but about over seven years, I've never seen uh, Democrats like this. It's, it's just fascinating. It's fascinating. They're not united and on message, which is very unusual. And to me, that I think that indicates that they're in disarray and they don't know exactly how to do this, which is kind of funny. Uh, while Weber didn't comment on her refusal to go along with some Democrats' calls for Trump's removal, she wrote in a letter to Kukulakulis last week that removing a candidate from the ballot under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment 
is not something my office takes lightly and it's not as simple as the requirement that a person be at least 35 years old to be president. Multiple top California Democrats joined Kukulakulis' request for Trump's removal from the ballot, but eight commie Governor Gavin Newsom, who's been floated as a potential future Democratic presidential candidate, slammed the idea of kicking Trump off the primary ballot. He said, there's no doubt that Trump is a threat to our liberties and even our democracy, but in California, we defeat candidates at the polls. Everything else is a political distraction. Uh, Trump is back on the ballot in Colorado for the time being after the state's Republican Party appealed the ruling to the Supreme Court. Trump will remain on the state's ballot unless the Supreme Court declines to take the case or otherwise affirms the Colorado Supreme Court ruling. Um, just hours after the former president was put back on the Colorado ballot, however, another blue state removed him from its ballot. Maine Secretary of State cat piss lady Sheena Bellows said Thursday that Trump is disqualified from the state's primary ballot, arguing that the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause due to his conduct leading up to the Capitol breach on January 6th. Trump's team blasted Maine's move to remove the Republican Party's leading candidate from the ballot and vowed to take legal action. Uh, so very bizarre, very bizarre. And uh, give me 30 seconds. We'll get into some more on uh, this topic. Okay, next one here. Uh, Maine Democrats, uh, or the Maine Democrat Secretary of State admits that she personally decided Trump was guilty of an insurrection. This is, this is just like, uh, it's just total chaos. I think that, okay, so it seems like people inside the Biden regime are concerned about the optics of this, and they're concerned that it uh, will help Trump. Now, if that wasn't the case, right, uh, then they'd go along with it. It's not like they have a moral issue with this. These are commies. They're not even people, okay? So it's not like they're trying to do the quote-unquote right thing. These are not even people, okay? Uh, they are the most evil beings in existence, okay? You don't have to agree with that. That's just my take on it. So I just want to be clear. This is not about doing the right thing. Um, so I think they're kind of like watching what the reaction is when they're abject lunatics who are in positions of power like this dumb bitch in Maine. And, and so she's just going to decide for herself. This is even crazier than the Colorado Supreme Court decision. And they just continue to get crazier and crazier. Um... So she decided to remove Trump from the ballot. The Biden supporting Democrat activist and Secretary of State from Maine has removed uh, Trump from the ballot for uh, inciting an insurrection. 
The issue now is that Trump never incited an insurrection. Furthermore, Sheena Bellows, who isn't a lawyer, and was a, and that's the other thing. You got guys, you got CNN guys that are like, yeah, this isn't really re- well written and she's not a lawyer and none of this makes any sense. I mean, what the fuck? I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. It is really, it's frankly strange. You know, normally when they do some bullshit gay ops, everyone's on narrative. They're all repeating the same phrase in the same way and they're... You know, they have their shit down. The, the, the marching orders went out, the talking points went out, and, and, and that's it. It's a unified message. But not with this. Not with this. Um, and I think maybe it's because this is, like, insane, and they're desperate, and they, they just kind of want to see, like, what happens. And if uh, they, they, they're, they're kind of floating it out there to see what the reaction is going to be and see if they can get away with it. And then if they don't get away with it, they can be like, well, I was against it. And this is, well, this is not how we do things in our democracy. Anyway. um, Furthermore, Sheena Bellows, who isn't a lawyer and was appointed Secretary of State by the state legislature, not the people, has disenfranchised every single Trump voter in Maine based on her feelings. Uh, This is the face you make when you meddle in an election, this is the, let me look at this. And again, an AIDSy, Skeletor, cat piss-like woman. Why is it always these fucking women? It's really no good. You just gotta, I'm not saying that no women should be able to serve in positions, but only the most based fucking women, uh, you know, whatever that percentage is. What's the percentage of based women in our society? Like 5%? I don't know what it is. I'm guessing it's like 5%. Um, and in case you are wondering, Shenna and her... This is why Revolver is fantastic. Shenna and her fellow childless aging Secretary of State Harpies have some deep thoughts on election sabotage. Yeah, so they're calling it when Republicans simply run. When Republicans simply run in an election... They're calling it election sabotage. It's fucking crazy. It's completely crazy. Shanna wants you to believe that this is a personal decision made from a place of morals and patriotism. Absurd. That's true because uh, uh, commies aren't capable of morals. They're not actually people. Um, so then we had Kanoka the Great posted the following on Twitter. Democrat Sheena Bellows explains that she personally decided that Trump was guilty of engaging in an insurrection. So she unilaterally removed the leading Republican presidential candidate from Maine's ballot. She gleefully tells MSDNC, I could not, unfortunately or fortunately, wait for the Supreme Court to make a decision. After disenfranchising hundreds of thousands of Republican voters in Maine, Bellows boasts about how proud she is of Maine's voter participation rate. The the dumb whore said, I smile because we were number one for voter turnout per capita in 2022. We're really proud of our national leadership in voter participation and citizens' engagement in elections and in the democratic process. Democracy means unelected Democrats unilaterally decide that millions of Republicans cannot vote for the leading Republican presidential candidate. 
The United States normally sanctions banana republics for doing what Democrats are doing right now. The woman actually believes that she's defending democracy by disenfranchising hundreds of thousands of voters based on her personal feelings. And um, I wonder if they have the... Uh, uh, yeah, Michael Tracy's been real good on this. Where's the honing? Oh, no, we'll, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to honing. Honing's coming. <laughs> it's just... But we have Maine GOP rep moves to impeach. Now, this is good. Yeah, these people have to be taught a lesson. This is madness. Now, I would prefer jail, but I don't know if that's actually practical. And that's okay. You know, I just... I, I understand that just because I want to put all these people in jail, it doesn't mean that it's a practical option. I'm just saying it should be. Uh, Maine GOP representative moves to impeach the Secretary of State, Sheena Bellows, after striking Trump from the ballot. All right, good. You know, he's taking some action. Um, you know, they're probably not going to do it because everyone is gutless. Um, that's in power. Everyone in power is gutless. Um, now, if I'm wrong about that, I'll retract as soon as someone does one fucking thing. Just one. Just do one fucking thing, please. And I'm waiting for that one thing. If you see that one thing, let me know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it. Following the Maine Secretary of State, Sheena Bellows, ruling on Thursday that Trump is ineligible to appear on the state's primary ballot, Maine State Representative John Andrews has filed a request with the Maine Revisor's Office for a joint order to impeach Bellows. In the letter, Andrew cited the House's sole power to impeach the state. I wish to file a joint order, uh, or whichever is the proper parliamentary mechanism under Mason's rules to impeach the Secretary of State, Sheena Bellows. I wish to impeach Secretary Bellows on the grounds that she's barring an American citizen and 45th President of the United States who's convicted of no crime or impeachment their right to appear on a main Republican primary ballot. By the way, the other thing about this, they're just blowing their load too quick here. Okay, this is what I would expect. Like if Trump got convicted, now look, the whole thing is still bullshit. It doesn't mean there's any legitimacy to this. But if Trump got convicted officially, and then the cat ladies started removing him from the ballot, uh, now, again, it's total bullshit, but I, it, le it at least makes sense. It at least makes sense. It's, it's, again, it's bullshit. It's not in the criteria. It would still be illegitimate, but it wouldn't be total madness. Like, this is chaos. This is total chaos. It's like they can't even wait for the court cases because they have no emotional control. And, um, and so now... You're just hurting yourself even more by looking desperate. You're freaking people out. So now, even if they get a conviction and you try to remove them from the ballot, you've just, you've just, you blew your load too quickly, which I'm glad because I want to see these people lose. And I, and I, I, I am happy when they make strategical mistakes. Um, in the letter, uh, oh, uh, uh, he said uh, Trump made all the qualifications for the March 24 Republican presidential primary. He should be allowed on the ballot. This is raw partisanship and has no place in the offices of our state's constitutional officers. Um, Andrew said in a statement that the removal of Trump is hyper-partisanship on full display. Um, and then it goes into the 34-page uh, ruling that she obviously didn't write. 
Um, and so let's see. Then we have, yeah, Eli Hanning here. Maine disqualified. This is CNN's guy. Maine disqualified Trump based on YouTube clips will never pass the bar in normal court. CNN senior legal analyst Eli Honing said Thursday on Anderson Cooper 360 that Maine Secretary of State Sheena Bellow's decision to bar former President Donald Trump from the ballot was based on YouTube clips, news reports, and things that would never pass the bar in normal court. Uh, Honing replied, so uh, clearly, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment says, engage in insurrection, you're out. We all have heard that. The complicated part it, and where we're going to see this play out in the courts is who gets to decide and by what process. Let me sort of lay out the arguments from both sides. And by the way, it's worth saying, we're all theorizing here. We're in legally unknown territory. The argument against is, first of all, the 14th Amendment, Section 5, says Congress has the authority to pass laws to implement this. They did. They passed the criminal law, and the argument is that means Congress, not the states. But perhaps, and this is the argument that the main Secretary of State in Colorado made, the states can do it too. If that's true, then the question too is, uh, were the process, were the hearings fair? Did they comport with due process? And I think there's a question there with regard to what Maine did. Because if you look at the hearing, and she details this in the ruling, they heard from one fact witness, a law professor. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, <laughs> news reports, things that would never pass the bar in normal court. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's, uh, there you go. Uh, it, People on C now there's some people on CNN sucking her dick, but there's other people that are like, yeah, this is not, this is just not how things are done, but they're going to do them anyway. All right, let's talk about how the Biden regime is weaponizing the government against journalists. Here is another journalist. This is crazy, but not unexpected. Journalist Taylor Hansen reveals that he was the victim of an illegal investigation by the Biden regime after reporting on J6. Um, journalist Taylor Hansen, who has reported for the Post Millennial as well as others, revealed on Twitter that he has been the victim of an illegitimate investigation by the Biden regime after his reporting on the events of January 6th. He says, I was targeted by the U.S. government for doing my job. They branded him a domestic terrorist. He said, the persecution of a reporter doing his job is never acceptable. Sadly, I am not the only one that this happened to. There are thousands of ordinary Americans who have been unjustly targeted by DHS and their spying program, and there needs to be some real accountability if anything is to happen to me. Due to publishing this document, it is a blatant retaliation from the federal government. Hansen stated that he obtained documents from a whistleblower which revealed that he was listed as a domestic terrorist, was cataloged as having violent tendencies, and that he resisted arrest. Totally made up. This is made up. Hansen said none of that's true. The statement he obtained from that whistleblower even referenced appearances he made on Fox News' Laura Ingram show. 
This bears a striking similarity to the statement of charges levied against recently freed journalist Owen Schroyer, who was sentenced to 60 days in prison and was tortured through most of that. In documents advocating for his conviction and imprisonment, his television appearances were cited, during which Schroyer was critical of the government and the 2020 election. Hansen shared a document that he said he received, which showed that he was followed by three air marshals on 16 separate flights over a two-year span, meaning that they had 48 air marshals assigned to him alone as he traveled across the country on reporting assignments. Um, the document states that Hansen was one of the individuals who trespassed in the Capitol on 1 6. Hansen posed a video. He was next to the person who was shot and provided an interview on Laura Ingram's show, stating he was in the building. Uh, it said violent tendencies includes charges of resisting law enforcement officers. Hansen gave interviews after covering the events of January 6th, and one video shows him walking side by side with Ashley Babbitt, the woman who was murdered by a Capitol Police pig. He reported the video he shot the day with Babbitt seems to disprove what mainstream media and our government have created as the official narrative around Ashley Babbitt. So this is not unexpected. Uh, I think they're, they're going to arrest commentators and journalists. Um, and so here you go. This is, uh, this is uh, the next one. The previous one was Owen Schroyer. Now this guy is next. Fucking crazy. Um, so, and, and it's not just um, this bitch from Maine and, and what's going on with trying to remove Trump from the ballot. It's these supposedly star witnesses against Trump. And I had said, because um, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people on Twitter, they're like, oh, uh, Chesbro flipped on Trump and so did all these other people. And I'm like, I need to see what these people say. Now, you could sell me on fat pig um, Jenna Ellis flipping because she's a, a, a traitor and a disgusting person. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, and it's also the things that she has said indicates that she's going to lie as much as she needs to. She touts corporate media narratives. She's a total propagandist. Okay, no problem. The rest of these people, though, I've not seen that. I've not seen that from Chesbro or from Sidney Powell. So until I hear them actually testify, I'm going to hold off. Um, it's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, I, I want to see. And here's exactly why. Because what Chesbro has been arguing right now uh, is, at least according to the CNN legal analyst, is poison to the prosecutors. CNN senior legal analyst Eli Honing said Friday that the co-defendant in the Georgia election case, Kenneth Chesbro, could be poison to prosecutors. Uh, he recently told Michigan investigators that there was a December 2020 meeting where he allegedly briefed Trump about what they call the fake elector plan. Um, the host said, taking into account this reporting, what does this do? What is the impact on Donald Trump? He said, Chesbro's a, a mixed bag for prosecutors, I guess, therefore, and for Trump. And mixed bags aren't great when you're a prosecutor and you bear the burden of proving your case not by 51%, but beyond a reasonable doubt to a unanimous jury. 
Here's why Chesbro has clearly been valuable to prosecutors, because he's giving them details. It gives life to the allegations. How exactly did these ballots make their way from Minnesota to Wisconsin or D.C.? That's important for prosecutors to know. It gives them lead. leads. But this is important. Chesbro will never take the stand. Really? I thought Chank Uger said he was definitely going to take the stand, and it was all over for Trump. That's weird. He will never be called to the stand by a prosecutor, by Fannie Willis or Jack Smith. And here's a line from the reporting, a crucial line from Kalen's reporting. I'll read it verbatim. Chesbro has maintained, then this is the key. I've been saying this the whole time. Other people have been saying this the whole time. That's why I'm very interested to watch this goddamn shit in Georgia uh, because <laughs> they've indicted people over non-crimes. So this is, again, what... Uh, the quote is, Chesbro has maintained then and now that the plan was a lawful move to preserve Trump's legal rights. That's exactly correct. That is exactly correct. If he says that, and that apparently is his view, he poisoned, he's poisoned to prosecutors. He will be what we call a Brady witness, meaning a witness that's helpful to the defense based on an old case called Brady. So he's useful investigatively, but anyone who thinks he'll be the next John Dean or smoking gun witness, absolutely not. Well, you better tell the dumb baboon Shank Uger. He said, mark my words, no prosecutor will call him to the stand. <laughs> cool. Do Sidney Powell next. Let's see. Let's see. Because I would think Sidney Powell would be even worse for the prosecutors than this guy. But we'll see. We'll see. Um... So this is not surprising. The uh, rhino governor of Ohio is a bitch who is pro-child mutilation. So the uh, legislature passed uh, legislation saying that you cannot mutilate children. You cannot mutilate and torture children. And apparently he, called, he talked to a bunch of uh, tranny mutilation-friendly experts, and they swayed him, and so he vetoed. Many Ohio Republicans have attacked the state's uh, rhino AIDS commie governor, Mike DeWine, over his veto Friday of a bill that would have banned uh, child mutilation. DeWine said on Friday, um, or he announced that he vetoed <clears throat> House Bill 68. Um, known as the Ohio Saving Adolescents from Experimentation Safe Act. Um, this would have banned doctors from prescribing puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to minors, uh, as well as performing uh, surgeries to change their sexual uh, physiognomy, according to the text in the bill. J.D. Vance wrote on Twitter, this is a slogan, not a justification. There are many uh, things the law rightfully says no one, including parents, may do to children. Um, right, so they're like, oh, what are you saying? That the state knows better than the parents? Well, when it comes to chopping off the genitals and breasts of your children, if you are such a fucking idiot, that you are actually contemplating this, then I do think that people need to step in to stop you. Um, just like if you wanted to fuck your kid, uh, the state would step in and stop you. 
Uh, and this is the same thing. So um, it's a crazy thing that you have one side of the aisle arguing that they should be able to mutilate and destroy their children, and that's what they're doing. It's crazy. And these types of rhinos will be happy to allow the child abusers to sacrifice their children to Moloch. It's really a hell of a thing. Okay. Um, so it, Biden is not happy uh, that he doesn't get to censor the Internet as much as he wants to, or, you know, the people who are behind Biden. Um, the Biden administration late last week approved the NDAA for the upcoming year. And um, after it was signed, uh, the uh, pedophile in chief pushed a different story to the public. Uh, he, the, a statement said, I'm pleased to support the critical objectives of the NDAA. I note that certain provisions of the act raise concerns. Uh, and then the First Amendment allows for NewsGuard and GDI to keep doing their work. And uh, so basically what they're doing is they are claiming that uh, when uh, these cutouts that are used to censor American citizens, when they censor American citizens, that's them exercising the First Amendment. So if you don't allow these piece of shit fuckers, if you don't allow them to censor American citizens, then you're violating their rights. It's a bullshit argument. Uh, government cutouts, uh, their rights do not come before the um, citizens' rights. And then, of course, you could argue further, they're commies, commies shouldn't have rights anyway, but that's a whole separate argument. Okay, uh, moving on here. Reddit plots AI post-guidance feature to pre-flag hate speech for 2024. The dystopian world is teeming with twisted concepts. There's things like pre-crime, and now thanks to Reddit, there's also post-guidance. And even though the phrase uses prefixes opposite in meaning, and yet another twist, they're meant to serve a fairly similar purpose. Reddit's upcoming post-guidance feature, now being prototyped, uses a form of AI to censor content by flagging it for violating guidelines before it ever gets published. We learn this and more about plans to misuse AI from Reddit CEO Steve Huffman, who also revealed in an interview that whatever the platform decides to consider, bullying and hate speech will be dealt with with the same technology. According to Fast Company, all this is happening as Reddit is reportedly preparing for an IPO. Um, Post-guidance is what Huffman is talking about and features essentially warnings to users about breaking the rules before their post is published. The new user gets feedback and the mod doesn't have to deal with it. He's quoted as saying, first is automated and then whatever is left is handled by moderators who would be expected to be more efficient if they have less content to look at. Another thing Reddit is working on is incorporating AI and hunting down those breaking the rules willfully with bullying and hate speech. So yeah, if you make a post and there's not enough aids in it, uh, if you're not lauding trannies enough, if you're not, uh, you know, if you're not uh, affirming feminine penises, I imagine the AI is going to say, "Hey, bigot, are you are you sure you want to send that post?" Uh, 
Where is the sentence about how you find feminine penises to be magnificent? Where is the feminine penises are magnificent sentence, bigot? You got to put that in your post if you want to use this website. They're going to do shit like that. Anyway, it's amazing. All right, so I said the other day that uh, YouTube is, uh, is fucking with me. They demoted the hard bastard account. Uh, I can't post links anymore. Uh, apparently the links are broken. I, I like changed, I took a certain portion out because it wouldn't let me post them. But I think you have to like, you know, I think most people know how to use links. So if you click the link and it's broken, you can just like copy and paste it. It's, it's an unfortunate situation. Now where the links work though is Rumble. The links work in Rumble. Um, and this next article is about Rumble, and this is pretty nice. Rumble extends the policy that they're going to give subscribers 100% revenue, meaning they don't take anything out. Subscribestar takes out whatever, 15%. By the way, I like Subscribestar. Subscribestar is great. Feel free to use Subscribestar. It's a fantastic uh, site. I've never had a problem with them. Um, with that said, obviously 100% is better than whatever 85%, whatever it is. So um, uh, that's great. So if you do the monthly support option and you want 100% of it to go to uh, this outlet, then Rumble is, is your option. But again, any of the options are fine. I have no problem with it. If you want to use Subscribestar, no problem. If you want to use the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse, that's no problem either. Um, and that's a that's from his YouTube channel, um, and uh, so yeah. But good for Rumble. Rumble CEO Chris Povalski announced the extension of the platform's groundbreaking revenue policy. Under this extended policy, creators on Rumble will continue to retain 100% of the revenue generated from their subscribers without a specific end date. So it was supposed to end at the end of this year, and now they are going to uh, keep it up. So that's fantastic. I, uh, I will say Rumble is way better than Twitter. Um, they, they are much more free speech oriented than Twitter. I have been waiting for, I think, at least a year to get uh, monetization, like the subscriber thing on Twitter. It's still under review. It's just a bunch of bullshit. I'm not the only one. There's been people that have been waiting for longer than me. Two years they've been waiting. So that's a bunch of bullshit. I've never had to do anything like that with Rumble. Everything, they just, you know, you're monetized. You don't have to suck anyone's dick. You don't have to go through a whole bunch of fucking homosexual rigmarole. You don't have to do anything. It's just like you open your account and you, you fucking do it. And then you can accept super chats and then boom. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So now granted, granted, it's not, every, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Um, sometimes the, uh, the site doesn't work. You know, that's not good. Um, sometimes the chat doesn't work for people. That's not good. And they did, uh, they did ban one instance of protected speech that I'm aware of, which was a very hyperbolic metaphor about Jews made by Nick Fuentes, that if you compare what he said to the Brandenburg test, it was clearly uh, protected speech, regardless of whether you agree or disagree with the hyperbolic metaphor about the Jews and some sort of holy war. Um, anyway, other than that, though, uh, good site. And so, uh, yeah, uh, if you want to support the channel through this method, uh, it is the red subscribe button on Rumble. Okay, let's get to some videos here. I'm going to start out one second. Let me go to uh, make sure the speakers are on. Okay. 
All right, I'm going to start out here with, uh, this is TYT, um, covering Trump being removed from the ballot. I think this was breaking when, when they covered it. There is breaking news. CNN's reporting that Maine has removed Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot based on the 14th Amendment's um, insurrectionist ban. So it literally just broke right now, um, popped up on my phone. So we covered the story yesterday regarding Michigan and how their state Supreme Court uh, decided to keep Trump on the ballot there. Um, so again, this is all gonna end up in the United States Supreme Court and our prediction is that they're probably gonna rule in favor of Donald Trump to allow him on the primary ballots. Yeah, so I thought more about that issue and and I think it doesn't say in the 14th Amendment that you need to be convicted in a court of law in for, uh, for insurrection. But my sense of it is, yeah, but you need to prove it in one way or another. Mm -hmm. You can't just have the judges not consider the facts of it, not have an adjudication and then say, yes, it was an insurrection. I think it was an insurrection and I think it's because of the fake elector plot, but you have a you have some sort of burden to prove that it was an insurrection to meet that 14th Amendment standard. And I'm not sure that these courts have have done that at this point. I'm so glad that you said that because that is my takeaway as well. And I, I don't want that to be mistaken as me saying that there's no merit to the argument that he participated in an insurrection. Um, but there's just- uh, There's absolutely no merit to that argument. Something not quite right about allowing the courts in these states to make that decision prior to him even going through the legal process and the yeah. indictments, yeah. So last couple of things I'll say on it is, look, what should have happened is Merrick Garland and other prosecutors should have acted immediately after they took office to adjudicate whether it's an insurrection or not. Because if it was an insurrection, it is super important that you set a precedent that it is not allowed in this country. That you cannot try to do a coup, you can't do a fake elector plot, etc. But Merrick Garland sat on his hands for two and a half years. Yep. Because Trump was one of the elites. And they thought, well, if we prosecute him, maybe they'll prosecute us. We never touched the powerful. And then they panicked when it looked like Trump was going to run again and win again. So I keep it real. So if they hadn't sat on their hands by now, we would have gotten an adjudication on whether it was an insurrection or not in a criminal court. But they didn't do that. So now it's too late. And so look, my general philosophy is, and I'm a little bit biased here for reasons I can't discuss at this point, but let people vote, let, let the voters decide. And so it's gonna look really bad when you take them off the ballot in a wow. pack. Wow, Uger of all people. I mean, when have you ever seen Cenk Uger? Wary about looking bad. This is one of the dumbest people on YouTube. He is constantly beclowning himself. He is a laughing stock. And for some reason, this is so crazy, he's concerned about the optics. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Panic. Mm hmm. I totally agree. So if you had done it the right way, I very likely would have been in favor of that, right? But when you do it in a panic way at the end, it looks terrible. And it looks like you're taking away, it's not about Trump. You're taking the voters right to vote away from them for the person that they want. Right. Especially without fairly adjudicating it through the whole entire process. So put people on the ballots, 14th Amendment should be read by everyone. It's very clear on a couple of fronts and, and then let the voters decide. 
Crazy, absolutely crazy. All right, so this this is stupid. First of all, Nikki Haley uh, has no shot. Uh, her teeth are too big. She's a horrible candidate. Um, but also, this is such a bullshit story. Oh, Nikki Haley didn't say things the way that the Northerners wanted to about the Civil War. Who fucking gives a goddamn shit? I don't give a fucking shit. Like, who cares? Who fucking cares? This is almost like Holocaust stuff. Like, oh, she didn't get the exact number correct. <laughs> it's the same shit. Anyway, let's have a look here. What was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run. The freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley was asked a rather simple question, a question that I would So the problem is she didn't immediately get on her knees and start sucking sl uh, slavery's dick. That's the issue. Sure to say if she wasn't like, oh, slavery, white people are the worst. Even answer. But she did have some difficulty getting to the heart of what the civil war in the United States was really about. So she's off to a shame. I mean, look, I'm still in the early phases, but you know, if you uh, if you watch, for example, Razor Fist's video, I've not seen all of it, uh, but I've seen commentary on it. Uh, his video about Abraham Lincoln. The the North seemed to have uh, 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 some problems with being tyrants. Um, so there's some tyrannical shit that the North did that was completely ignored in the textbooks when I went to school. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's not good. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. You know, you hope that what you learn about the foundation of the country and the key things in the country, you know, you hope that they tell you the truth, but it turns out they lie about everything. Shaky start. Let's see if she can recover. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? I'm sorry? I'm not being president. I want to see your opinion on the cause of the Civil War. I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties, so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. What do you want me to say about slavery? Next question. Oof. Oof. Yeah. That oh, he didn't suck slavery's dick. Oh. So bad that even. It's not bad. It's who cares? Who fucking cares? Conserv and like I said, I don't like her at all. I don't like her a little bit. Okay. Nikki Haley is preposterous. This is the dumbest made up narrative ever media outlets were criticizing her for it. She really wanted to avoid- Because they're weak pussies. They are absolute gutless cucks. That's why. Because they have the Democrats cock in their ass. And it just, it lights up with electricity as soon as there's anything about race being talked about. And then they just 
repeat whatever the fucking Democrats want them to do. You must, if we're talking about slavery, break the chains of the Democrats' propaganda techniques where they weaponize slavery and racism and all this shit for political gain. Don't let them get away with it. You, you don't have to mention slavery if you don't want to having to mention slavery. Now, this is during a town hall event in New Hampshire. It was um, in Berlin, New Hampshire, which is a right-leaning uh, part of the state. And well, it was that's fine, but that guy obviously was a liberal difficult to hear or a really cucked Republican. The man asking the question was saying in the second video we showed you. So I just want to give you the transcript real quick, and then Cenk, I want your thoughts. The man responded, in the year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answer that question without mentioning the word slavery. Haley quickly replied with a question, what do you want me to say about slavery? The man said, you've answered my question, thank you. And Haley replied, next question. Now, she has uh, since responded to the backlash following the release of that video, which I believe was first posted by the Biden HQ Twitter account. That's going to be relevant information um, in just a bit. But before we get to it, Cenk, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm super curious to see uh, if it was a plant, if it was a plant by the Biden team or the DeSantis team. Hold. Okay, but first on the answer, she's like, well, why don't you come with an easy question, like sarcastically. Yeah, no, that's like literally the world's easiest question. Was the Civil War about slavery? Yes. Well, but that's not what he asked. So now you're changing it, as you always do. You're now changing the interaction. Definitively, about 100%. Okay, that's total bullshit. That's made up. That's the Democrats and the North's narrative, okay? That's your narrative. The And it's fine. Look, this this is the thing. This makes sense if it's one of their own people. If it's one of their own, for example, if this was Elizabeth Warren who answered like this, I understand why they would have a problem with that. Because she's off narrative. She's off the, the narrative's bullshit, but she's off narrative. One of their guys is off narrative. But it is wild, and they do this all the time, and it's been pretty successful. They are outraged when their opponents are not on their narrative, which is fucking retarded. That's retarded. Why would your opponents say the things that you want them to say? That doesn't make any sense. And, and the reason they do it is because these Republicans are so goddamn cucked that they sometimes will repeat what they want them to repeat about whatever the fucking bullshit, you know, George Floyd, slavery, black crime, whatever it is, you know. They weaponize all these things, and then they, they demand that you jump through their hoop, and for many years, cucked Republicans have jumped through their hoop. Now, there's less of them doing it now, um, but that's really all this is. It's that you didn't tout the Democrats and the North's line on the Civil War. It's really ridiculous. And then her answer is so nonsensical. Well, you know, the government shouldn't take your freedom away to do whatever you want, including owning other people. Well, you well, stupid fucking bitch, obviously, that would include not taking someone's freedom away to make them a slave. Like, what is wrong with you? You're just like ridiculous. Okay, how about their freedom to not be owned? Okay, again, you stupid fucking ridiculous greasy baboon. She it, it did not say anything remotely to imply that she's for slavery. You're absolutely out of your mind. 
Like, how about their freedom at all about anything? And but to her, she comes at it from a Republican perspective, which is you're impinging upon my freedom if I'm not allowed to do anything I want to other human beings. Again, total bullshit. Republicans are many, the vast majority of Republicans are not slavers. They are not interested in owning slaves. I'm not interested in owning slaves. I'm interested in removing commies from society in the most efficient, humane, and legal way possible. Okay, slavery would just be keeping them around and commies would make the worst fucking slaves ever. I don't want anything to do with commies. I don't I won't I don't want to have to deal with commies. Can you imagine if you had commies as slaves? What a fucking pain in the ass that would be. I'm not interested in that at all. At all. Okay? No. You're you got to go somewhere else. You have to you have to you have to leave. escort them out. You have to be escorted out. Okay? So this whole thing where it's like, oh, Nikki Haley wants to be a slaver, it's so lazy and retarded. So, so I mean, it's a very telling answer, but really mainly it's about the pandering, but we'll get yes, to that too. Yes, yes, definitely. She's definitely a pander bear here. But pandering to who? There's no slavers. No, I actually think that the way she worded that answer was it was meant to allow an individual hearing it to interpret it in any way they want. So you well, think you're allowed to do that stupid bitch. This is America and people can interpret things the way that they want. Interpret it as her um, fighting for the freedom of the slave owners. Whereas she could use she has never fought for the freedom of slave owners. You're insane. These people are insane. Uh, feasible deniability and say, no, 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 I was referring to the freedom of the slaves, right? Yeah, but not in the way but it that didn't she work. said it. It didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. It totally fell flat. And it, this was her way of avoiding any offense to those who don't like telling the truth or acknowledging the reality of what the Civil War was really about. It but was that's about your opinion, and that's the North's narrative about it. There are plenty of people in this country that have a different opinion about that and what the Civil War was about. So like, who are you to tell people? It's just incredible. These people want their bullshit ideas enforced in public. And if you don't repeat whatever they want you to repeat about anything, they want you destroyed. It's crazy. About ending slavery in the country. I remember long, long, long time ago, this must have been like 2009, maybe 2010, uh, RT invited me on one of their programs and the topic of the Civil War came up and obviously I talked about slavery and I remember the insane backlash I got in the comments and back then I didn't know because well, there's a lot of people that don't agree with you and and they have actually looked into it and it's not as cut and dry as the Democrats pretend it is that's all fighting was. And so, so many of the comments were like, no, it was about property rights. How dare you? It had nothing to do with slavery. And I'm like, yeah, there's people with different opinions. Am I wrong? Yes, yes. I remember panicking. I'm like, what if I, I'm totally wrong about this? Well, yeah, yeah, I think you are. Of course I wasn't wrong. And of course I was right. Of course, at the heart of the Civil War was the fact that the Confederates wanted to fight in order to maintain the ability 
of slave owners to own slaves. Bullshit. Yeah, guys, I'll be back it's anyway. crazy. Like, come uh, so on. I've been in the South many, many times, and and I've seen tons of the bumper stickers and crap merch that they sell about how it was a war of northern aggression and how the Yankees don't understand what they were really fighting for. Yeah, right. go ahead, go ahead. Tell me what you're really fighting for. Property rights, what do you mean property? You mean human beings as property? Exactly. Okay, great, great, no problem. Then I'm gonna own your ass, okay, let's go. I want you and your family and, any, and anyone else related to you to serve me as my dogs for the rest of your life. And if you want, I'll sell off your kids and make profit out of it. What, I got rights, I got property rights. Heal, heal, okay? Oh, You don't like it when it's done to you, but you don't mind doing it to other people. Your freedom is the freedom to oppress other human beings. Here's what the Civil War was about, slavery, 100%. If you don't think that's true, you're very, very, very likely racist. Because it's such a weird thing to deny. The only reason you deny it when the whole war was obviously about slavery, uh, like states rights. States rights to what, peach cobbler? No, states rights to own property, human beings as property. It's, so if you're denying that, you're denying it for a reason. Mm -hmm. No one who isn't racist like randomly wants to defend the Confederacy in the Civil War. You're defending it because you think, I mean, come on, man. Shouldn't I have that right? <laughs> get real, get real. No one believes you. We all know why you're thinking that. So why is Nikki Haley doing this? She's theoretically a woman of color. We're gonna get back to that too, because she's sick the way she uses this as an advantage using identity politics, ironically, on the Republican side, okay? But the reason Nikki Haley cares about this is because she thinks her voters are racist. And she thinks her voters think the Civil War is 50-50, can't quite tell who was right or wrong. That's why she says outrageous things like that. And it's not the first time she said outrageous things in regard to the Civil War. We're gonna go to an old video dating back to 2010 in just a moment. But first, a little more context about the event and the gentleman who asked the question. So apparently reporters from the Washington Post reached out to him and asked some questions. The voter declined to share his name when asked by the Washington Post. He later told reporters that he had asked the question because he saw her answer such a question when she was running for governor of South Carolina. And he was curious if she would provide the same response in New Hampshire. And you know what? He wasn't lying about that. In fact, in 2010, there was an interview that she did with two groups that were sympathetic to the Confederates. And in the context of that interview, she addressed the Civil War. And I think it's important for you to take a look at what she had to say and how she had to answer questions about the Civil War. Let's watch. What's your belief about the reason the Civil War was I mean, again, I think that as we look in government, as we watch government, you have different sides. And I think that you see passions on different sides. And I don't think anyone does anything out of hate. I think what they do is they do things out of tradition and out of beliefs of what they believe is right. Um, I think you had one side of the Civil War that was fighting for tradition, and I think you had another side of the Civil War that was fighting for change. You know, at the end of the day, what I think we need to remember is um, that, you know, Everyone is supposed to have their rights. Everyone's supposed to be free. Everyone's supposed to have the same um, freedoms as anyone else. So, you know, I think it was tradition versus change is the way I see it. Tradition versus change on what? On individual rights and liberty of people. 
So this was while she was campaigning in 2010 to become the governor of South. So 23 years ago, or what, 2010, that's what, is that, uh, that's 13 years ago? Oh, 13 years ago, she gave an answer that the North doesn't like. Carolina. She was speaking to leaders of Confederate heritage groups, and she called it a fight, as you heard, between tradition and change. And the interview, by the way, um, was available. It's still up on the now defunct Palmetto Patriots Group's um, YouTube page. So that's where it was found. And look, it's. If you wanna run for public office, if you wanna be the governor of a state, you're the leader of that state, leaders lead. And what I have a big problem with in our current political system is that it incentivizes people who have no interest in being leaders. It incentivizes people who want to pander to the worst elements of society in order to get into office and then continue to pander to these very people, leaders lead. In my opinion, the way Nikki Haley handled the interview she did in 2010, and the way that she handled the question that was asked of her during that town hall in New Hampshire, shows lack of leadership. It shows cowardice, and I, I just I'm so turned off by that. Yeah. So a couple of things here, including something that, to be fair to Nikki Haley about. Uh, so first, which is between tradition and change. Okay, but what's the tradition? The tradition was slavery. So if your tradition is to own human beings, to whip them, to kill them, <laughs> let's be honest, to rape them and to sell off their children as this furniture. Is hilarious. Your tradition sucks. Yeah, that's what Southern heritage is, yeah. It's Selling children. Worst tradition yeah. in the world. Uh-huh. It's a stain if, in this country's history. Yeah. yeah. And if that hurts you're you, a stain. That's the thing. It's amazing the whole time it turns out that you're the stain. Isn't that fascinating? Wow, that's a hell of a thing. Oh well. Your feelings? I don't care at all. Yeah, I don't you think people give a fuck what you think about anything. You have to own up to what is right and they what is- They don't have to own up to anything. You're very dishonest, you're lying about them, you're lying about what happened. They don't have to do a damn thing. It's wrong. You don't have to needlessly own a terrible tradition for no reason. You can eat. No one's doing that. You're just making that up. Easily dismiss it and you're done with it today. The minute you say, of course I was abhorrent, of course the Civil War is about slavery, and of course. Th oh, so as soon as they obey your bullshit narrative, oh, isn't that merciful? How merciful. Thank God the North won. I'm from the South and I love peach cobbler, but thank God the North won. So we became the United States mm, of America and mm -hmm. we stopped treating people in the- And now it looks like they're at it again. The Democrats are at it again. Most immoral way imaginable, how easy is that? That's the easiest thing in the world. Guys, the especially if you're like a Southern heritage person, the guy <laughs> who named his outlet after a group of people, that genocided Armenians, he wants you to know that he morally condemns you. <laughs> it's, it's a, these people are absolutely incredible. They have no self-awareness whatsoever. Oh my God. <laughs> and a lot of Republican politicians struggle 
to say the easiest oh, thing in the world. Oh my God. Okay, now. Again, it is a bullshit narrative that they don't go along with. That's why they don't say what you want them to say. Nikki Haley, she did help to bring down the Confederate flag in South Carolina. That was, of course, because of the shooting at a- Well, that's fucking stupid. Black church in Charleston. Obviously, none of that should have happened because the commies just used that as a foot in the door to take down the rest of the flags and statues. So that was a big fucking mistake. Where Dylan Roof killed nine uh, parishioners and wanted to start a race war. And, but, but we're the fairest show in America. You so are not remotely fair. Had an important role in that. And so at least she did that right at a critical time, okay? Now, one last thing though about the identity politics and then and I'll do speculation on who did it. Um, so at the time when uh, she was running again, to Anna's point, they had asked her these racist groups that are like, well, protect the Confederacy in our vicious racist ways, etc. So they right. they, so they didn't say that, that's made up. Ask her about, hey, are you gonna take the Confederate flag down? And at the time she said, I don't have any intentions of bringing it back up or making it an issue. Quote, I'm the perfect person to deal with the boycott because as a minority female, I'm going to talk to them and I'm going to go and let them know that every state has different conditions and every state has certain things that they hold as part of their heritage. So that's her weaponizing her identity and saying, don't worry, I'll get those black people off of your, you know. Well, I mean, look, I'm not saying it's no black people, but it's it's mainly fucking white liberals. Again, I'm not saying there's certainly some black people that don't like the Confederate flag. I'm not saying it's 100% white liberals, but a lot of this shit is pushed by white liberals. You don't have to worry about them anymore, and I'll stop their boycott because I am a minority female, and I will use it callously against other minorities to help Republicans. So that's who Nikki Haley is. Now, uh, we'll get to the man asking the question in just a moment, but I, I wanna note that after the backlash, she attempted to defend her remarks and also, you know, claim that she knows it's about slavery, everyone knows it's about slavery. She first went on a radio show known as The Pulse of New Hampshire and said, of course the Civil War was about slavery, we know that. That's the easy part of it. What I was saying was, what does it mean to us today? What it means to us today is about freedom. First of all, that's the most generic crap I've ever heard. Okay, and what does it really mean today? It means clouds and so sun. So now when she answers it uh, and she, she accepts the cock of the narrative, of course it's not good enough. Sunshine, yeah. okay, and secondly, why is that the hard part? If it, it's about freedom, obviously it's about slavery. So she's like, well, the easy part is slavery. That's why I didn't mention it, really, because it looked like you were really struggling. And you said at the beginning that it was a very hard question, right? Right. And then you tell us what the hard part is, what it means today. No, that's also incredibly easy. I mean, obviously, it means freedom. Where's the hard part? So she's, you know, she's attempting to walk back her statements to some extent, and she's done it multiple times ever since the uh, town hall uh, took place last night. Now, with that said, I want to move on to her allegations regarding the Biden campaign, and I actually think that her suspicion here is warranted. I actually had the same suspicion before she put it out there, um, but I also want to note, even if it was a Biden plant, even if 
Biden's not the one who caused you to face plant the way you did and fail in answering a question a literal. No, no, the failure is her cucking the next day. That's the failure. She should have just doubled down and told you to get fucked. A fifth grader could answer more accurately than she did. So let's be clear about that. 100%. But with that said, she also said on that radio show, The Pulse of New Hampshire, he was definitely a democratic plant. That's why I said, what does it mean to you? And if you notice, he didn't answer anything. We see these guys when they come in, we know what they're doing. And so she has made it clear that she believes that the Biden campaign sent a, a, a plant to ask that question. And I think that there might be some merit behind it. I don't have any evidence, I wanna be clear about it. The only thing that made me suspicious this morning was that the first account that I saw posting this was the Biden campaign on X? There's more than that. I know, but let me just give finish yeah. my, my point. The other thing is, look, there is polling that indicates that if Nikki Haley were to be the Republican nominee, she would easily beat Biden. Again, this is a completely made up narrative, completely made up, zero chance that happens. By like 17 points. Absolutely zero I mean, percent chance. Thing is is absolutely disastrous for Biden Bullshit. in a one-to-one -one matchup Bullshit. with Nikki Haley. Now, at the same time, Nikki Haley has been surging in New Hampshire. Bullshit. Trump still has a lead on Nikki Haley, but if Nikki Haley somehow manages to win the state of New Hampshire, that could give her momentum. Bullshit. And a nightmare scenario for Biden. Who this is a completely astroturfed narrative. Is deeply unpopular would be an election where he's up against Nikki Haley. That's uh, and again, it, uh, he, he wins against Nikki Haley. This is preposterous. He's hoping for Trump. Because the only way Nikki Haley becomes the nominee is if they rob Trump. And so you lose Trump's base, you have no shot in the general. This is like Haley. basic shit. Now Trump, you know, he's also, unfortunately, he's got a, a slight lead over Biden at the moment. And we should be, I mean, I don't know. I, I, Democrats keep saying that uh, our democracy is on the line, we should be super concerned, but Biden insists on running for re-election, even though he's an incredibly vulnerable candidate. Uh, so I, I don't know how the election is gonna turn out. It's not looking good for Biden either way, whether it's gonna be Trump or Haley. But I do think that this is something that the Biden campaign would wanna do. They would want to uh, put a Democratic plant at that meeting, at that town hall to make Nikki Haley look bad. So. Yeah. So there's some chances that it's DeSantis because he uh, challenged her on it immediately. He had a ready answer. He's not a guy with a ready answer oftentimes, but he did. He, there was a moment there that his team could have prepared. So it's not, and remember what DeSantis is trying to do is he's trying to peel away her donors because they're all in a donor game. Like that's never talked about in the press, but it's a giant part of their calculations and why they do what they do. So why, what does this have to do with the donors? Because now a lot of formerly Democratic or currently Democratic donors are giving money to Nikki Haley so she could beat Donald Trump mm -hmm. and DeSantis wants those donors. So this could have been a way for DeSantis to say, look, she's not so moderate, right? Right. And so there's some percentage chance of that. In terms of Biden, if it's Biden, which Anna's right, there's good evidence given how quickly they had the video, posted it and made a comment about it. And is it a plant? There's excellent evidence for that. And we're all, of course, since we don't have direct evidence of the guy saying, yes, I am a plant. Yes, I'm a Democrat or a DeSantis supporter. You have to look at the circumstantial evidence. And in that case, 
he refused to give his party affiliation afterwards to a reporter or his name. Mm -hmm. Those are telltale signs, to be honest. Usually, if somebody's a real person, they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm, you know, Bob Smith from over there," and they're very proud, right? Not every time, but most of the times. Yep. He did bring his sons with him, which is a little bit, you know, that's not usually what a plant does, etc. But this is a smart plant. Yeah, and he he, he wanted, and you could tell from the way that he was asking the question, he wanted her on tape saying it, right? right? And so, very likely a plant, probably Biden, but some outside chance that it's DeSantis. Now. I've dealt with plants before when I ran for Congress. And my Democratic opponent sent four of them over to a town hall I was doing. By the end, two of them said they were gonna vote for me. <laughs> and the third one was on the fence. And we have it on tape, okay? Mm -hmm. So plants are no big deal. I don't buy You that. just give them what you got, right? Mm -hmm. Plants are only a problem if they're like massively disturbing the event. That could be an issue, right? Or you just don't have any answers. They come and they ask you questions, and you're like, God, golly gee, was slavery good or bad? I don't know, that's a plant, it's a plant, such a hard question, I can't tell, right? So the problem isn't the plant, the problem is Nikki Haley. Yeah, 100%, I mean, she, again, she's the one who face planted, and you're, I mean, this is not her first rodeo. She's been in politics for a while now, and so she should expect plants, and she should be ready. But she immediately kowtowed and pandered to, again, the worst elements of society. Because <laughs> great, you made a great point, Jank. It is her assumption that Republican. How, no, you stupid retard. You are the worst elements of society. People that have a different opinion about a historical event are the worst elements of society. What are you, are you, are you kidding, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Voters are deeply racist and want to provide cover for yeah, the Who cares? I don't buy that, I, I'm not accepting that. But if that was true, who cares? Confederates in the Civil War. That is what she thinks oh about Republican God. voters. Interesting. Those people are a pleasure. And, and that's if I'm accepting your bullshit framing, they're a pleasure. Oh my God, it is really, it's just amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Okay, let's get to some breaking news from the internet here from uh, the Lord of the News, Gun Fox. Let's have a look here. I'm going to start with uh, his first one. This is uh, USA Today. Feds to uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott on his new immigration law. Enforce it and we'll sue. Yeah, totally insane. Totally insane. They they want to wreck the country. They want to have as many illegals coming into the country as possible, and uh, they're going to try to um, go to court if uh, if uh, Texas enforces their law. The U.S. Department of Justice says it will sue Texas if the state enforces a new law enacted this month allowing state officials to arrest and deport people who come into the U.S. illegally in a letter to Greg Abbott. The DOJ, the homosexuals at the DOJ, said Texas's new law, SB4, oversteps into federal immigration jurisdiction and is unconstitutional. Um, <clears throat> they said SB4 effectively creates a separate immigration scheme by imposing criminal penalties for violation of federal provisions on unlawful entry and by authorizing state judges to order the removal of the Zerg, uh, non-citizens, from the United States, SB4 therefore intrudes into a field that's occupied by the federal government and is preempted. 
if Texas begins enforcing the law, the federal government will sue to block the law in court. Good. Who cares? Fuck you. Deport them anyway. SB4, which Democrat state leaders in Texas warned could lead to racial profiling. Well, that would be good. That's what you need that. <laughs> it, like all of these narratives have to go away because all they are are used as weapons, racism, hate speech, racial profiling. It's fucking ridiculous. Yes, people that look like migrants are going to be talked to. Now, uh, certainly, like if you're a citizen and you're minding your business, you, you are completely within your rights to be upset about that. I don't have a problem with that at all. Okay, you're, you, you could argue, hey, I'm being inconvenienced. Yes, you are. That's unfortunate. And I'm sorry that that's the case. Unfortunately, this is necessary. Okay, if, if somehow there were hordes of fucking Italians coming into this country, you know, and, and they were like, we're, we're just going to have to, you know, deport the illegal Italians. And I'm sitting here eating spaghetti and meatballs. I, I guess outside because they're not rolling into the house, but outside. Yeah, you know, I'm at a restaurant and they come in and they're like, hey, can you show some ID? Well, that's not optimal. And I'm going to go, this sucks because I'm legal. Okay, but I'm not going to freak out. Okay, you know why? Because I understand. I understand why you're doing it. Because for whatever reason, there's a bunch of people in my group that are, it's a combination, right? There's, there would be people in my group doing fucked up shit that they're not supposed to do. And also people in my group that are being used as weapons by Democrats. Okay, so it's not, it's not just the Zerg. It's how they're being used and weaponized and they're being used as pawns, okay? But the bottom line is you have got to enforce your borders and you've got to deport illegals. And so how else are you going to do? It's like this loophole. They're like, well, if you're racially pro, you can't do it because that would require racial profiling. It's like a loophole they're trying to do to make it where you don't deport any of them. It's ridiculous, okay? absolutely insane um if you were looking for a black criminal they would be like oh you can't pull over black people because that's racial profiling shut the fuck up shut the fuck up okay now should cops pull over black people unnecessarily no they should not okay uh, uh but the idea this is where the bullshit is the idea that you do nothing because you don't want to be considered a racist, that's, that's bullshit. That's a game. Don't play that game. If you have to racially profile, you're going to have to do it. Okay. It's the same thing with a lot of this. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't like the, um, what do they call it? Stop and frisk. Like, I don't like stop and frisk, but I understand why people would advocate for it. And I also understand that if you're a person who's law abiding in that area, that you're like, oh, this sucks. Right, because unfortunately, you live amongst animals. You're not an animal. You're a law-abiding citizen. But unfortunately, your neighborhood is infested with animals. And they got to do what's necessary in order to, to try to figure it out. It's the same situation in this country with commies. We're infested with commies. We're going to have to do some things that, you know, are probably not the best, but would hopefully fix the problem. Are they going to fix the problem? I have no idea. We're going to have to see. But what I reject is the idea of, well, we can't do it because it's unseemly or you might be considered a racist. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. 
Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, whatever force is used is proportionate and reasonable. That's all you can ask for. Um, Texas has until the 3rd of January to let federal officials know if the state will go forward with planned enforcement of the law. On Twitter, Abbott characterized it as hostility to the rule of law in America. Texas civil rights organizations in El Paso County have already sued the, De the Texas Department of Public Safety in protest of the law. The ACLU filed the lawsuit in district court for the Western District of Texas in Austin on behalf of El Paso County and two immigrant advocacy organization, uh, organizations, El Paso's Las Americas Immigrant Advocacy Center and Austin-based American Gateways. The Justice Department's warning comes two days after officials in New York City announced new restrictions for buses transporting migrants to the city sent by Abbott. In recent years, Abbott sent more than 30,000 migrants to New York City alone. AIDS commie governor Eric Adams says New York City has begun to see another surge of migrants arriving, and we expect this to intensify over the coming days as a result of the Texas governor's cruel and inhumane politics. Now, I'll tell you something. I don't, I don't like Eric Adams at all. I believe uh, I read on Twitter, I don't know if they're doing this or they're just contemplating it, but he's contemplating, like, arresting the bus drivers. If, they, if you bring these fucking people into our city, we're going to arrest the bus drivers. Now, it's not optimal. And we could certainly debate on the effectiveness of that. But I understand why he'd want to do that. Now, I don't like Adams. Adams can eat a dick. But this, is, this just goes into what I'm talking about. Like, if... Someone is now, now it's a little different with Adams because like this is they're finally being faced with the consequences of their um, policy. Um, I will say that uh, there's a whole conversation to be had of like what to do. Uh, and you can also in a more minor way talk about Bud Light. Uh, this It's a much more minor situation. What do you do when... Um, people like Eric Adams or Budweiser are, uh, are faced with uh, and are dealt the consequences for their behavior and then decide, instead of doubling down, that they decide to, to try to fix the problem. What do you do then? It's a good question. Uh, for example, if Adams starts getting, um, I, I, I'm not going to say based, uh, but if he starts getting better on immigration and he starts like removing illegals from his state um if he starts to support uh reasonable border policy how do you handle that it's an interesting question some people are going to say fuck him and other people are going to say well you know we should probably isn't that progress i i, I don't know with a commie i'm way less interested in any sort of you know I guess high roading, uh, but I, I don't think the high roaders are. I don't have a problem with high roaders. I'm not feeling it, but I get it. But it's easier to talk about Bud Light because it's not as serious of a situation. But you, this is what happened with Bud Light. So you have Dana White, right? Dana White made a deal with Bud Light, and Tim Pool was talking about this the other day, where Tim Pool supports what Dana White said when he told people to buy Bud Light 
And then you got this guy Strickland. He's a fighter for UFC. And he came out with tweets and he's like, yeah, Bud Light now... They're sponsoring us, so when I say whatever fucking, you know, shit about trannies I want to, that they're basically sponsoring that. And it's, it's, it, what do you do when you get compliance? That's the question. Now, there's some people that are saying, fuck Bud Light completely and keep the boycott going. There's other people who are saying, no, if they have learned their lesson, you know, reward compliance. Now, I'm not convinced Bud Light learned their lesson. If I was convinced that they would that they learned their lesson, if something happened, and I was like, they clearly have learned their lesson, I do agree with rewarding compliance because that's one of the strategical mistakes that the left makes. They don't reward compliance. I think you should absolutely reward compliance, but only when it is clear that that the company or whoever is actually like, yeah, I fucked up. I can't believe. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. I haven't seen that for, I have not seen any sort of apology from Bud Light. So I don't agree with Tim's call on Bud Light. I wish there, I really wish there would have been something where you could argue that like conservatives, like I, I understand the argument that they want to kind of like show that they're not as unreasonable as the left. And I agree with that. I just don't think Bud Light has done anything to warrant any sort of like, you know, whether, I mean, and look, and Dana White can make deals with whoever he wants, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Anyway, back to this. SB4 makes it a state crime to circumvent traditional immigration checkpoints and illegal, illegally cross into the U.S. The law was signed by Abbott on December 18th. Gives police in Texas the power to arrest anyone they suspect may have crossed the border illegally. The law would also give state judges the power to deport individuals who appear in court on charges of illegally entering the U.S. That's the key right there. Uh, and you should deport all of them. <clears throat> Whoever comes across your desk, deport. As long as, you know, unless they're a citizen, obviously. <coughs> Excuse me. The day the law was enacted, Texas leaders sent a letter to the Justice Department expressing concern SB4 could lead to the unlawful arrest of U.S. citizens and lawful residents suspected of being immigrants by police. How? How? If you're legal, you can prove that you're legal. What are you talking about? In practice, this would place people with authorization to be in the... Oh, I see. The loophole. So they got a loophole right now where if you break into the country and you're illegal, you can just say, oh, I want asylum. And now you're legally allowed to be here. It doesn't mean that you're a citizen, but you're technically legally allowed to be here. It's, it's, like, it's like a worse loophole than the, uh, the anchor baby shit. It's preposterous. It's utterly absurd. Utterly absurd. It's like, it's like uh, if you had a secret word, uh, or not a, no, no, it's not even a secret. If, if, it would be like if um, someone broke into your house and then there was like a magic word they could utter, asylum, and now they're allowed to be in your house. It's preposterous. It should be rejected, but that's what they mean. They're like, oh, you're going to be deporting lawful people. Get the fuck out of my face. The Democrats said... In practice, this would place people with authorization to be in the U.S., even United States citizens at risk of being forced to leave Texas. 
Abbott's enactment of SB4 comes after the governor in 2021 launched Operation Lone Star, uh, a border security initiative that places thousands of state troopers and Texas National Guard members along the southern border with Mexico. The operation allows uh, state troopers and National Guard members to assist federal authorities in arresting people for illegally crossing into the U.S. The initiative has also been criticized because Texas state officials don't have the final say in enforcing immigration law, which rests with the federal government. Yeah, but the federal government is abdicating. Abdicating, is that the word? Their responsibility. They're not actually, they're not actually doing any sort of uh, um, enforcement. So if they're not going to do any enforcement, uh, apparently Abbott in Texas is. So it is what it is. What are you going to do? Um, yeah, oh, I mean, I think that's the end of the article. Right. Uh, so the initiative has been criticized because the federal government has the final say. Well, maybe the federal government needs to go fuck itself. How about that? I think that's what we'll go with. All right, let's get to the next one here. One moment. This is... Uh, this is uh, China tensions rising. This is more breaking news from the internet from Gunfox here. China tension rising. U.S. revives World War II era Pacific airfield. In the middle of the Pacific Ocean, an abandoned U.S. airfield once key to dropping the nuclear bomb on Japan and nearly lost to history amid encroaching forest is being revived. But uh, as the Americans hack away at the jungle overgrowth in the Tinian Island airfield and other World War II era bases across the region. It won't be with Japan on their mind. Rather, it's Beijing's growing influence in the Pacific that is spurring the recovery of a slew of abandoned runways on the 40 square mile speck of land that makes up Tinian, part of the U.S. territory of the uh, northern Marina Islands. Though the sentiment mentioned a, a sense of urgency enabling PACAF, uh, a rapidly executable avenue to enhance infrastructure in the region, in the region, excuse me. Though the statement mentioned a sense of urgency enabling PA. Uh, PACAF to enhance uh, warfighting capability and improve uh, deterrent opposition, uh, excuse me, deterrent posture alongside allies and partners. It did not mention China directly. Uh, but Washington's plans for what officials have described as an extensive facility on Tinian comes amid a serious military pivot to the Pacific in recent years, as China builds its own new bases in the region, including in disputed waters. The most comprehensive and serious challenge to U.S. national security is China's coercive and increasingly aggressive endeavor to refashion the Indo-Pacific region and the international system to suit its interests and authoritarian preferences. Tinian's old military airfield has extensive pavement underneath the overgrown jungle, 
We'll be clearing the jungle out between now and the summertime, said Air Force General Kenneth Wilbash. Meanwhile, military projects for fuel and airfield development at the island's nearby civilian airport are already underway, according to a PACAF spokesman. If little uh, is known now, the airfield at Tinian was perhaps the most important and the busiest in the world in 1945, as its six hastily built runways played out host to U.S. B-29 bombers carrying out missions against Japan some 1,500 miles away, including one August 6th and August 9th of that year, the planes that dropped nuclear bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Little boy and fat man, as the weapons were known, killed some 200,000 people. In the last three years, money annually allocated to Indo-Pacific military construction costs has doubled from $1.8 billion in 2020 to $3.6 billion in 2023. It's part of the Pentagon strategy to open a range of flexible military bases able to operate outside of the larger long-standing installations in Japan, South Korea, and the American island territory of Guam. On Tinian, initial work started near the civilian airport in February of 2022 before extending toward the World War II airfield on the north of the island. Within two years, uh, tarmac rehabilitation and the construction of fuel tanks are set to be completed at a budget of at least $162 million, part of contingency plans in the event access to Anderson Air Force Base or other Western Pacific locations is limited or denied. Across multiple projects at Tinian, the total cost is unclear due to differing timelines and requirements and the fact that not all work is being executed by the Air Force. Tinian isn't the only World War II era base being revamped. New defense appropriations also include money for construction at Basa Air Base in the Philippines, along with ongoing projects at the Royal Australian Air Force's Darwin and Tyndall bases. A lot of our strategy there is taking many of the World War II airfields that frankly are overgrown by the jungle and uh, there's still concrete or asphalt underneath. We're not making super bases anywhere. We're looking for a place to get some fuel and some weapons, maybe get a bite to eat and take a nap and then get airborne again. Satellite images already show the extent of the work underway, including a new tarmac built just north of the civilian airport. Not far off, satellite images show other military developments from China, which has created artificial uh, islets, 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 among the, diplom the diplomatically contested Spratly Islands used to host its own air bases. Huh. <clears throat> Looks like uh, at least it could be argued that uh, they're gearing up for a war. But uh, hopefully they won't have to use any of this shit. We'll have to see. But that's probably not great. All right, let's get some more breaking news from the Internet from GunFox. Sincerely appreciate the support, sir. This is ABC News. Cali becomes the first state to offer health insurance to all undocumented immigrants. Again, slap in the fucking face. What a slap in the face. Holy shit, man. Oh, my God. It's, a, it's incredible. California will welcome the new year by becoming the first state to offer health insurance for all Zergs. Starting January 1st, all undocumented immigrants, a.k.a. Zergs, regardless of age, will qualify for Medi-Cal, California's version of the federal Medicaid program for people with low incomes. Previously undocumented immigrants... 
We're not qualified to receive comprehensive, uh, comprehensive health insurance, but we're allowed to receive emergency and pregnancy-related services under Medi-Cal as long as they met eligibility requirements, including income limits and California residency in 2014. In 2015, undocumented children were able to join Medi-Cal under a bill signed by then-Governor Jerry Brown in 2019. Governor Newsom, the AIDS commie, signed into law an expansion of full-scope Medi-Cal access for young adults aged 19 through 25, regardless of citizenship or immigration status. Access was then further expanded to allow older adults age 50 and older to receive full benefits, regardless of immigration status. The final expansion going into effect January 1st will make approximately 700,000 undocumented residents between 26 and 49 eligible for coverage. Durazo said in a statement, this historic moment speaks to California's commitment to health care as a human right. In California, we believe any, everyone deserves access to quality, affordable health coverage, regardless of income or immigration status. Through this expansion, we're making sure families and communities across California are healthier, stronger, and able to get the care they need when they need it. California's plan to expand coverage has not been without its detractors. The California Senate Republican Caucus criticized the move in an analysis of the governor's budget. They said, Medi-Cal is already straining uh, uh, by serving 14.6 million Californians, more than a third of the state's population, adding 760,000 more individuals to the system will certainly exacerbate current provider access problems. Yeah, but they don't care. They don't care. However, studies have shown that undocumented immigrants, oh, here we go. You know, it is ABC News. So, you know, you're going to get some big lies. Let's go with the first lie. Studies have shown that undocumented immigrants use fewer health care resources than do non-immigrants. Totally made up. About 50% of undocumented adults in America report being uninsured compared to just 8% of U.S.-born citizens. Um, next to Luke, and they're not allowed to get any benefits. It's all bullshit. Additionally, undocumented immigrants who are eligible may face other barriers, including confusion about eligibility, language challenges, and fear. Motherfucker, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, it's just amazing. Oh, I gotta watch out for that fear. Oh, they might be afraid. Guys, they might be afraid. Oh, it's amazing. This is despite low-income undocumented immigrants in California being about as likely as those currently enrolled to have at least one chronic condition. Undocumented immigrants are also about as likely to receive preventative services, such as a flu shot, and older undocumented immigrants are about as likely to receive age-appropriate health services, such as cancer screenings and shingles vaccines, at similar rate to citizens. California Health and Human Services Agency has committed almost a billion dollars in 2023 and 2024 and 2.6 billion annually to expand full scope Medi-Cal eligibility to all income eligible adults, regardless of immigration status. When California expanded health care coverage in 2019 to include undocumented young adults, then President Trump blasted the plan, calling it very unfair to our citizens. He says, if you look at what they're doing in California, how they're treating people, they don't treat their people as well as they treat illegal immigrants. So at what point does it stop? It's crazy what they're doing. It's crazy and it's mean. It's very unfair to our citizens. That's 100% true.
100% true. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely. They're just fucking the citizens in the ass and making life harder for them. On purpose. Sick fuckers. Absolutely sick fuckers. All right, let's get to the uh, next one here from Gun Fox. This is about the uh, lunatic. Uh, is this the lunatic jogger? Oh, no, no, no. This is uh, South Africa. South Africa files genocide case against Israel at the International Court of Justice over the Gaza War. Oh, well, don't they know that according to Netan, that's a rank act of anti-Semitism? That you have to go along with everything they do? Uh, you know, when they uh, blow up a, a thousand uh, uh, civilians to get like 30 Terries, that you got to go, oh, that's totally fine, normal, completely normal. Obviously, if a rapist uh, ran into a building and took a hostage, the reasonable thing to do is to blow up the whole building with everyone in it as long as you knock first. <laughs> anyway, if you have any problem with that, you're an anti-Semite. You better watch out. <clears throat> Take your bank account. South Africa has filed an application at the International Court of Justice to begin proceedings over allegations of genocide against Israel for its war against Hamas in Gaza. Of course, it said on Friday, South Africa accuses Israel of being in violations of uh, obligations under the Genocide Convention. <clears throat> don't you know that our parents don't have to follow the rules? In its application, it argues that acts and omissions by Israel are genocidal in character as they are committed with the requisite specific intent to destroy Palestinians in Gaza. Yeah, but they don't mean to, okay? <laughs> so it makes it okay. They don't mean to do that. Guys, they warn people before they bomb the shit out of them. <clears throat> Over 21,507 people have been killed in Gaza since October 7th, according to the enclave's Hamas-controlled health ministry. Among the dead are at least 308 people who were sheltering in the United States, excuse me, United Nations shelters, per the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees. Israel has rejected South Africa's claims and application to the World Court, saying through its Ministry of Foreign Affairs that South Africa is calling for the destruction of the state of Israel and that its, its claim lacks both a factual and legal basis. Israel is committed to international law and acts in accordance with it and directs its military efforts only against the Hamas terrorist organization and other terrorist organizations cooperating with Hamas. Yeah, that's all they do. Don't worry about it. Uh, its statement said, adding that it's made every effort to limit harm <laughs> to the non-involved and to allow humanitarian aid to enter the Gaza Strip. What a bunch of fucking bullshit. Oh my God, that's incredible. <clears throat> Israel's aerial bombardment and ground invasion in Gaza in response to Hamas's deadly terror attacks and kidnapping rampage on October 7th have caused widespread devastation in the densely inhabited coastal strip prompting outcry from AIDS groups and the international community. By the way, there are also retards. You know, this is the Israeli government and their propagandists going full retard, making the dumbest arguments ever, and then calling you an anti-Semite if you don't go along with it. But there's retards on the Palestinian side. You know, they would, there was like the hostage trade, and some of these retards were like, why... Were some of the Israeli hostages, hostages shaking hands with Hamas? They must have been treated really nicely. Yeah, I'm sure they treated them real nice. 
Yeah, this Hamas people, they're very reasonable. They're all very hospitable. I'm sure they treated them real nice. Get the fuck out of here. Unbelievable. Anyway, Israel's aerial bombardment and ground invasion of Gaza in response to Hamas' deadly terror attacks and kidnapping rampage on October 7th have caused widespread devastation in the densely inhabited coastal strip, prompting outcry from AIDS groups and the international community. U.S. President Biden said earlier this month that Israel's engaged in indiscriminate bombing in Gaza. U.S. intelligence assessments suggest that nearly half of the air-to-ground munitions that Israel used in Gaza in its war with Hamas have been unguided, otherwise known as dumb bombs. Unguided munitions are typically less precise and can pose a greater threat to civilians. Many of the bombs used in Gaza have been massive, capable of killing or wounding people, more than a thousand feet away, analysts by CNN and the artificial intelligence company Synthetic had suggested. Proponents of Israel's campaign in Gaza argue that such heavy munitions act as bunker busters, helping to destroy Hamas underground tunnel infrastructure. However, such bombs are normally used sparingly by Western militaries. Uh, international humanitarian law prohibits indiscriminate bombing. South Africa's application came as Israel's military said Friday it's expanding its operation in southern Gaza, where civilians were previously told to seek refuge. That's very reasonable. It also claimed to have destroyed a network of tunnels in one of the hideout apartments belonging to a Hamas muzzy. CNN cannot independently verify the IDF's claims. Why would you need to verify a claim from our parents? Do you, you question our parents, bigot? That's anti-Semitism right there. South Africa is gravely concerned with the plight of civilians caught in the uh, present Israeli attacks on the Gaza Strip due to the indiscriminate use of force and forcible removal of inha inhabitants, a statement read. Furthermore, there's ongoing reports of international crime, such as crimes against humanity and war crimes being committed, as well as reports that acts meeting the threshold of genocide or related crimes as defined in the 1948 Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of Genocide have been and may still be committed in the context of the ongoing massacre in Gaza. As a state party to the Convention on the Prevention of Punishment of the Crime of Genocide, South Africa is under a treaty obligation to prevent genocide from occurring. South Africa and Israel are both parties to the Genocide Convention, according to the ICJ which is also known as the World Court and the principal just judicial organ of the United Nations. Yeah, but again, Israel can do what they want. They, they don't have to follow any of the rules. They just call people anti-Semites. So there you go. That's, uh, that's what's going on. Apparently, South Africa is pissing off Israel. And uh, they're engaged in rabid anti-Semitism. If you in any way question Israel, it means you're trying to destroy Israel. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. All righty. And uh, now we have uh, this breaking news from the Internet from Gun Fox in which he says, HB, have a great new year. And here is to 2024. Thank you. You too, sir. Appreciate the support. And then he goes, the last news of 2023 from the Lord of the News and the King of the Ranting Empire. All right, so this is the last article of the year from GunFox. So again, sincerely appreciate your support and generosity. 
And uh, so the final article of the year from Gunfox is related to total smash Lauren Boebert. It looks like she's being strategical here. Lauren Boebert made a mess in her congressional district, according to MSNBC. She's fleeing to a new one. And then they wrote, it's a clear sign her reckless MAGA activism and personal scandal have taken their toll. Representative Lauren Boebert of California is hopping over to a neighboring congressional district next year to run for re-election in the House. Boebert announced Wednesday she won't be running in her native 3rd Congressional District, which she's represented for two terms, and is instead leaping over to the 4th, where Ken Buck is retiring. It's a sign of how much she's made a mess of things in her current district, and underscores how serving as a MAGA firebrand has limited her versatility as a politician, even in what should be friendly territory. I'll, I'll say this. Um, maybe going on a date with an obvious homosexual Democrat plant was, a, was not a good idea. This guy owned a drag bar. I mean, what are you kidding me? He, he would have drag shows at his bar. Uh, and like, I don't, here's the thing. Date who you want. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to be anywhere near commies, fuck commies, but, you know, I'm not going to police what other people do. Hang out with who you want. But you got to know if you're a politician or if you're in the world of politics that someone like that is an obvious plant. That guy was an obvious plant. He was an obvious homosexual. You could tell by how he grabbed a breast. That motherfucker grabbed a breast like that wrestler. Who was the wrestler? Remember the bald guy? It was like Ivan Von Skursky. I don't remember what his fucking name was. He had the claw. He would, like, give you the claw. Ivan something. That's how he grabbed her breast. No heterosexual man grabs a breast like that with that kind of... Fo- what are you, crazy? What are you, fucking crazy? So, yeah, he was an obvious homosexual. But anyway, you know. Who knows? Maybe she's... You know, I don't know what's going on. She was married all those years. Maybe, you know, it's been a while since she's been around. I, although I, I think that her husband... I think... She, Oh, yeah, I think, I don't, who cares? I think he cheated and whatever. So, you know, that's fucked up. So he probably wasn't giving it to her properly. And so it's probably been a while. And then she got these obvious new tits. And then I guess, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just really, it's unfortunate that uh, she fell for such an obvious gay op. But anyway, it is what it is. uh, Great, great dress, though. looking, mm. Anyway. Um. Of course, that wasn't how Boebert explained her decision. Quote, it's the right move for me personally. It's the right decision for those who support our conservative movement. She didn't get into how exactly it's the right thing for the 4th District, where she won't be moving until next year, but her calculation is straightforward. The 4th District is considerably more conservative than the 3rd, giving her a higher chance of winning a race, assuming she prevails in the primary. In her announcement, Boebert argued that she that her hand had been forced. She claimed that Hollywood elites and progressive money groups were conspiring against her to buy the 3rd District. It's true that Democrat rival Adam Frisch has been pulling in record-breaking amounts of cash for an expected rematch against Boebert. Frisch's strong performance against her last year was a surprise. It was a district that Trump won by six in 2020, and Trump endorsed her. Boebert has chosen to duck out to avoid what might be shaping up to be a fatal blow. And Boebert has only herself to blame for the predicament. In her brief time in office, she established herself as one of the most prominent and controversial politicians on Capitol Hill. 
She insisted on walking around Washington armed with a gun, good, and made a show of refusing to be patted down after setting off metal detectors, good, that's not a bad thing. Are you kidding me? That's where you want a gun. Washington, D.C. is a shithole. <clears throat> she made bigoted jokes about a Muslim colleague being a terrorist. Good, bigoted jokes are hilarious, so that's fantastic. She had awkward confrontations with advocates for mass shooting victims. She became buddies with Marjorie Taylor Greene, whose conspiracy theories were as racist as they were ludicrous. Well, racist conspiracy theories are the best conspiracy theories. Only to then have a very public falling out. While the 3rd District leans red, it's the most Democrat-friendly of the state's GOP-held districts, and Boebert's appetite for hard-right and inflammatory activism quickly became politically risky. She, there's no appetite for the hard-right from Boebert. What are you kidding me? The hard-right? <laughs> After the narrow re-election, Boebert also had a personal scandal this year that seemingly repelled even longtime supporters. She and her companion were kicked out of a performance of Beetlejuice in Denver in September after fellow theater goers complained about inappropriate behavior. That incident may have been what Boebert was referring to when she said that she made personal mistakes in the past year in discussing her decision to not run again in the current district. The combination of Boebert's controversies and Frisk's rise inspired prominent Republican conservatives to turn on her. Former Governor Bill Owens and former Senator Hank Brown endorsed her relatively moderate primary challenger, Jeff Hurd, as did the conservative-leaning editorial board of the Colorado Springs Gazette. Boebert has seemingly intractable, intractable image problem, which has manifested in a lackluster financial support, the board noted. She appears divisive at a time when voters want peace. Um, with that said, she could do better. She needs to do a lot better. Uh, but the whole thing about the movie theater thing was just an obvious gay op. It's a sign of how toxic Bobert has become after she announced she, she wouldn't be running in the 3rd Congressional District. The Cook Political Report changed its assessment of the race from a toss-up to lean Republican. Bobart's reputation... Uh, had made a red district more purple than it would have otherwise been, but rather than rethink the way she does politics or consider more broadly how she might better serve her constituents, she's fleeing to another district where she hopes a more conservative electorate will shield her from the cost of her recklessness and attention-seeking activism. Whether that's good for the people of Colorado appears to be the least of her concerns. I just wish we could get better politicians uh, across the board. That's really, um, I wouldn't give a fuck about Bobert if she was like doing a lot of great shit, but these are the same people who hold our heads while the Democrats sharpen their sword. They don't actually do anything to stop it. They might say that they disagree with it. Bobert will look smoking while saying it, but just like Ted Cruz, they don't actually fucking do anything. So it's like, what? what what's the point? Anyway. Hopefully we can get better politicians. Okay, so that was breaking news from the internet from uh, Gun Fox year-end edition. And again, sir, sincerely appreciate the support. Um, let me read some of these super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs. Link in the description to Rumble. Uh, the links don't work on YouTube because I am not allowed to post links anymore because there's some sort of channel demotion. But I mean, the writing's on the wall. We just need to get 
the fuck. Not not that I would. I I do agree with the strategy that people use to just like start out and do like an hour to like use YouTube to get people on other platforms. Um, so I won't ever leave YouTube completely. But you know, it's obvious that it's just not a feasible option for you know uh, the long term. So we'll just use it as a way to get people off uh, to the different. Um, platforms but i'll start doing that when i get back uh when i get back home um but the links are clickable on rumble in the description you can click all those links uh there's also the website at the top of the screen streamlabs.com slash hard news network or you can go to entropy uh, or you can go to rumble and uh we're taking rumble rants as well uh anal saw anus saw Anasol, thank you very much. It's very generous of you. He says, thanks again for what you do, HB. It's my pleasure. I don't know if you're streaming again before the New Year. So happy New Year, HB and chat. Happy New Year, Anasol and chat. Remember every day to thank your lucky stars that you are not David Pakman. Cheers. Uh, absolutely. I thank my lucky stars that I'm not David Pakman. I know a lot of the people that watch, or at least some of the people that watch, Thank their lucky stars every day that they're not uh, David Pakman. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. This is probably the last stream before the new year. Um, I, I'm, it's going to be touch and go, but I, I'll probably. What is this Thursday or Friday? I think this is Friday. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I'll probably stream either Saturday or Sunday. One of them, probably Sunday. It'll probably be Sunday. I got some stuff to do tomorrow, so I'll probably stream New Year's Day. Uh, if not, uh, definitely Monday. Um, okay, let's see here. Aidsrific Aidsenstein says Jonathan Turley was swatted tonight. Yeah, there are people being swatted that I'm like, uh, I'm like, wow, they're really, like, they're going down a list. Leftists are going down a list because the, uh, Jonathan Turley is a person who, he's like, Turley's interesting. He's uh, he's kind of a blue pilled normie. Um, he does pretty good legal analysis. Um, he's honest, um, and he refuses to kind of like sell out his profession. So when he's asked questions, he answers them honestly. And, um, a lot of times, especially with how ridiculous and rabid Democrats are being, he's on the other side of the Democrats, um, even though he's not a Trump guy at all. And, uh, so they, they hate him for that. He's like Dershowitz, but without the pedophilia, okay? I would say that. He's like Alan Dershowitz, but without the pedophilia. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, Turley got swatted. And then uh, Aidsarific said, you know, Stick said he was able to figure out the swatting came from a call center in India. You know, it's not outside the possibility for the feds to be the ones doing this. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. It, that would be the least surprising news of the day if the feds were doing this. I would not be surprised at all. Because lunatic AIDS commie political activists and feds are the same thing now. They've, they've infested everything. They've infested the FBI, the CIA, and they give zero fucks. They've infested state legislatures and their secretaries of state they're all over they're just everywhere and they they don't give a shit <clears throat> um let's see was there a uh, okay yeah so that's just uh i would not be surprised if that was the case silky johnson says that's a great question hb why are all of these eggless horse-faced tranny looking women in positions of power 
They all look like they just put in a put on a skin mask. Like the New York governor, repeal the 19th, and I include most of the men in the women category. Yeah, I mean, this is really, um, for the people that want to repeal the 19th, all of this shit happening, they can just add it to the list of reasons. It's really ridiculous. Um, Silky also says, HB, while I'm a huge fan of executing subhuman commies after a fair trial, of course, of course, got to have a fair trial. I know it may not be optimal. However, I would compromise for exile. <clears throat> we put up electric fences around an area or island and let them roam free like Survivor with AIDS. By the way, I'm not the only one. Look, you could say I'm hyperbolic and, 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 and you could even say I'm biased. I am biased against commies. I think you should be biased against commies. I, I, I think it, it is, it, that's a righteous thing to do, but you don't have to agree. But I'm not the only one calling for this kind of shit, which is wild. The other day, I think, was it not Sticks? Sticks, now Sticks is a guy. Sticks is a reasonable motherfucker. He's, he, he, he can't piss him off. He's slow to anger. He's a guy. He's very fucking pragmatic. You know, he's a chill motherfucker. Am I correct in the video he made about the swatting? He called for... And you can use whatever term you want for these people, leftists, AIDS, commies. I call them AIDS commies. You can call them whatever you want. Some people just call them commies, call them whatever you want. But I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Sticks called for these people to be exiled from society. Okay, so that's, that's fantastic. That's music to my ears. Now, we might not be saying exactly, like we might have different ideas of what that would look like, but I've, I've said this before, I'm open, I'm open. I'm open on what it looks like. As long as it's effective, I'm open to whatever ideas, how to do it. It's not the easiest thing to figure out, right? So you got to be open to ideas. I'm totally open to ideas. But when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, see, this is the thing. And you can, and, and, and whether it sticks or, or another person that I would consider to be a reasonable guy, an earnest guy, uh, Viva Fry. Uh, so I've been watching Viva Fry for a while. Uh, I, I, before COVID, uh, he was this guy. I, I like observing people who are talking about experiencing this fucked up political environment because I want to see what they do. Because not only am I going through the same thing, and we're all in different places, right? Because I'm at the had enough stage and I've, you know, uh, completely uh, accepted be becoming a monster. But um, you know, I, 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 other people aren't going to do that. That's okay. You don't have to <clears throat> become a monster. I say that a little bit jokingly, but not really. Anyway, and, um, you know, because some of these people, when, when like, like an earnest person like Viva, uh, and if you remember his videos from years ago, right, he was this guy in Canada. He seemed like an earnest citizen. He's, try he's the type of guy, he wants to be a good citizen, right? Now, the thing about people like that is it, it goes one of two ways when the government becomes tyrannical. You're either going to be honest about that and you're going to call it out or you're going to go along with it. So I was watching like this motherfucker. I want to see if this guy, is he going to go along with this shit? And you could see how like, you know, when they, as, as they kept ratcheting up the pressure, as they got crazier and crazier, you know, because first a lot of people went along with the shit because they thought that, well, we're going to be good citizens. We're all in this together, and we're going to be good citizens. But then, as it got crazier and crazier, you saw him kind of like be like, you know, this is crazy. I remember there was the whole thing where like 
He wanted to take his kids to the bowling alley. And there was a whole thing. And, and I just remember watching. And at the time, I'm like, I wonder if this guy's going to just go along eventually. But he didn't. He went in the complete opposite direction, which was, which was good to see. Now, the reason I bring up Viva Fry is because a while back, and I've, I've heard him talk about this, but a while back, I, I specifically remember him calling for, I, I think, either it was like trials or tribunals for all of the people involved in the COVID scam. And I was just like, see, you could argue that I'm like, you know, although if you've watched the channel for a long time, I would, I would argue that I've been very kind of like slow to come to some of these conclusions that I've come to. Uh, too slow for some, but that's okay. We're all going at a different pace, no problem. Um, but you can, you can completely remove me from the equation. People like Viva and Styx, and I'm sure there's plenty of other people you could point to, who are like, okay, these people need to be held accountable or exiled or tribunaled, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's good. That's good. So it's not the people that are just, you know, they, they just want vengeance. That's not what this is. I mean, and, and that's part of it, certainly. But it's that people see the absolute crimes that these criminals have committed and they want them held accountable. Now, it's different things. Styx is talking about, his video was about swatting. The, the, what I'm referencing with Viva was about COVID and shit. Um, and, and also when you hear, and when you hear, People like that talk about what's currently going on in the courts with Trump and stuff. You could just see some people would call it becoming radicalized. I don't like that term because that term has a negative connotation. It's becoming filled with righteous anger, righteous, pure, righteous, delicious anger. That's what it is. It's 100% righteous because... It's against people doing horrible shit. It's not against innocent people that didn't do anything. It's against the worst people to exist, who currently exist in our society that are trying to destroy everything about our country and they're trying to destroy us. So being angry at them is completely righteous. So I like it when I see people who I view as like very uh, pragmatic come to these conclusions. We might have different ideas of like, you know, methods, of course. Um, but again, I'm a fair trial person, but I just, I like seeing that. I'm like, all right, good, good. Now, does it mean that that means that you're going to have more people, you know, enough people to get something done? Uh, who knows? But I will say that I don't think you're going to have to sell the idea of the COVID criminals being prosecuted. You're not going to have to sell that very hard to the populace. I think most people will go along with that. I think most people have had enough and would go along with it. They just need the right people in the right place to push it, which is what we don't have right now, unfortunately. We don't have any Republicans, or we have very few Republicans actually calling for um, some sort of uh, 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 accountability. Hopefully that happens at some point. Uh, I'm not saying there's no one, but there's no real big push like, I would like to see, you know how there was a push to ban uh, pedophiles from reading sexualized books to children? Um, and there was a push to ban child mutilation in red states among Republican legislatures. I'd like to see a similar push around the country 
uh, towards the idea of holding these people accountable related to COVID. It might happen one day. We'll have to see. Okay. Um, let's see. We did that one. Okay. Uh, Gunfox says, HB, what a year it's been for 2023. SpaceX breaks a record with nearly 100 launches. The government's... Um, were their enemies and uh, complete and total uh, open borders, letting in whoever shows up. And crime has been going through the roof. 2024 will be worse. Yeah, um, it does seem like there's a pretty good chance that 24 is going to be worse. And uh, especially with the election coming, it is... Pfft. I hope all of the people that are predicting some really bad shit, I hope I hope none of that happens, but uh, I just think these people are crazy and they'll do whatever it takes and they'll do crazy shit. And then there's this like predictive programming with some of these shows on Netflix about like cyber attacks and blackouts and shit. Hopefully none of that happens. Hopefully none of that happens at all. All right, let's see here. Um... What was the, where, okay, it was, which, let's see. Oh, yeah, so, so it's so funny that the Democrats do all this shit. They arrest uh, conservatives over bullshit, over non-crimes. They indict Trump four times over bullshit. And the minute a Republican suggests, excuse me, suggests doing the same thing to them, Oh, they're outraged. How dare you? It's completely ridiculous. That's what's going on in this uh, video. As you here. know, on January 4th, the Supreme Court will have picked up this uh, case involving Donald Trump's um, being booted or n uh, rather not being booted, made ineligible. And this is uh, maybe a distinction without a difference in terms of in practice. But it is basically saying that... Um, the theory being that you need to qualify for the ballot. You need to have, you know, you need to not be under 35 years old. You need to not have participated in an insurrection against the country. You need to be, uh, again, a completely made up narrative. A native born member, uh, a citizen of the country. These are all just constitutional provisions uh, that have been uh, set up. And um, the Supreme Court will uh, take this up. Let's uh, uh, listen to this. Now, when, when I had talked about this ruling the other day, I think we all agree the Supreme Court is going to overturn this. Yeah. Um, and um, I think people ha can have different uh, perspectives on, on a, as a political matter. Uh, what should happen as, you know, as a legal matter, it ends up uh, being a decision that the Supreme Court is going to make. Um, at the time, I thought that um, I, I have a theory as to how they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. But we will we will let's hear um, Marjorie Taylor Greene on with Newsmax, Eric Bowling. Um, this is they're making political hay out of this for Donald Trump, which is to be expected certainly not a reason not to uh, pursue the the letter of the law. We're talking about the 14th Amendment, third uh, paragraph, or I should say Article 3 of the 14th Amendment. Uh, but here is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. 
Well, it is insane. And that's what everybody is calling it. Absolutely insane. But Eric, let's be honest. If the left, if the Democrats want to start making these rules, well, guess what? We can use the same exact rules. For example, we could take Joe Biden off the ballot in red states and other states because he is committing treason with his border policies and the invasion has gotten so bad at the southern border. We could also take his name off the ballot uh, because of the impeachment inquiry that we've been doing on the Oversight Committee, and we produced evidence that Joe Biden has definitely participated in Hunter Biden's business deals with foreign countries and sold his power for political favors, and he's received the financial benefit from that because we have the checks. And, and so I'm a big believer if the left wants to make new rules, well, we should make them live and play by their own rules. Now, um, well, one of the obvious problems about this is that the... Um, the left isn't making any new rules. There is a constitution. The uh, uh, again, total bullshit. Framers of uh, the constitution, at one point in the wake of uh, of the Civil War, added uh, some amendments to the constitution, and one of them happens to be the Fourteenth Amendment, and and it was in direct response uh, to the Civil War, where people serving and fighting for the Confederacy were considered insurrectionists. Right. And um, folks at that time both didn't want them to run for these positions. Um, and by folks, I mean, you know, lawmakers. And they decided to pass this. And they assumed, like, we want to make sure that if anybody tries this again in the future, they cannot. Uh, well, no one did try it again. So the, the, the weird thing is, well... Obviously, this is not new rules. The weird thing is that when they say, like, we can do this, they got to go through a court case. Uh, it's not like somebody, uh, you know, uh, some governor decided this is what we're going to do. It was uh, no, it was a secretary of state, you fucking retard. It was a court. Yeah. Um, the state Supreme Court. When she mentions the impeachment, I mean, it's not the two times that Donald Trump got impeached that is preventing him, or that is feeding into this. This is through the court system. So when she talks about going after the business dealings and that he's committing treason with his right wing border policy, that's very similar to what Trump did. Uh, that's a total lie. That's completely inoperable in this instance. Well, I mean. The, it does raise an issue as to what I think the Supreme Court is going to strike down the, the uh, yeah. uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're going to be desperately looking for a way to strike this down because um, it, the the plain reading of the 14th Amendment, you know, I'm looking at they it could now, argue yeah. they could argue that it doesn't mention the presidency, but it's really hard to argue that he's not an officer. Uh, Again, who, that's it doesn't matter. There was no insurrection. That's a completely made up media narrative, whether it applies to him or not. That part is irrelevant. Took an oath. Do you want me to read it? The Constitution. What, the 13th Amendment? Well, well we read it Section the other day. three. Yeah, just the fact it doesn't explicitly say the president, but it does say or hold any office, civil or military. And Kowalski made a great point on the IMs that commander in chief is the top military. Yeah, I officer. mean, it, it would you'd have to do a lot of dancing around uh, to say that it, it the officer. I mean, it, it's not inconceivable they would say that because that's the way that they they roll yeah but i also think they might have an argument where they would say well donald trump has not been convicted of being an insurrectionist now i think you can look at the obvious uh the, the there's obviously uh, evidence we were talking uh, about again totally made up
about not only you know what's coming out of Wayne County now in terms of his motivation. Uh, what's but- coming out of Wayne County? Uh, objecting to certification is not an insurrection. That's preposterous. We also know that there were lies told to the uh, to get the permit for that uh, rally. Telling a lie to get a permit for a rally is insurrection. These people are abject retards. And they already were aware that the president was going to pretend like he's not sending people down to. Uh, uh, How to the- is any of this an insurrection? You're an idiot. Uh, to uh, the House, to Congress. I mean. They knew that in advance. So uh, that that is not an insurrection. By the way, I, I I will gladly use this shit. They'll be like, oh, you don't have a legal case to lock up Sam Cedar. I'll just say, well, Sam Cedar wears ladies' glasses. Case closed. Bang. There you go. Off to jail, Sam. You're wearing clearly the, the Victoria Vanderbilt collection. There was a plan there, but the. The idea of folks in uh, who fought for the Confederacy being insurrectionists, and I, I can't point to it, but um, were considered, I would imagine, statutorily, if you took up arms against the Union at that time, you were involved in an insurrection. That was a blanket proclamation. So there was some statutory basis to say, here's the evidence that you were in the, uh, uh, the, the Confederate Army, you were an insurrectionist. It has been a failure of Merrick Garland, in my estimation. Yeah. And uh, we see this now with uh, Jack Smith to charge him with insurrection, because how do you establish that he was in it? So I have a feeling the Supreme Court's going to go. The issue is there's no way to no one's attempted to establish that he specifically is an insurrectionist. We've had people go to jail for participating in that insurrection. Many, many people. Bullshit. Don't. That's totally made up. Trump is not one of them. Mm-hmm. He has not stood trial. and He's no charges currently about the insurrection. And so I think that's where they're going to come off it. But um, but it, is the, could you make a legal case that if, you know, the Jack Smith trial goes through and Donald Trump is convicted of something? Isn't that, that, that on the documents, though? Yeah, it is. On, oh, the, the that's on the do, oh, the Jack Smith one. No, no, no the, the January 6th one is the Jack Smith one, right? The federal January 6th one. If I don't know. Mistaken. Maybe if he's convicted. I don't know. I, I, but he's not charged with insurrection. Understood. In that case. But I think that that would be more of an opening, right? Because it's related to the insurrection. I, I don't know. I they don't have know. to wait and see. So if you don't fill out a form correctly, it's an insurrection. But what the, the outcome of that the, case would be either yeah, way. The, no the conservative textualists are going to try to make this like the most kind of narrow reading possible of this. Obviously, it should be uh, interesting. And you know, as a political matter, maybe that's a different thing. Maybe we'll talk to to. Uh, Digby about that. What a bunch of retards. Okay, let's see here. Um, <clears throat> here is the video. Actual actual Justice Warrior, I think, made a video out of this where David just keeps lying. David Pakman, rabid homosexual David Pakman, keeps lying about crime. You know, crime continues to decline. And yet, Fox News and other right-wing media continue to lie about it. We actually uh, have- No, faggot, you, disheveled faggot, you are lying about it. New criminal uh, uh, crime data, which is very much telling a different story than what you might be hearing on TV. 
Here is, uh, this is from the uh, FBI Crime Data Explorer, new data um, from 2022 to 2023. In terms of violent crime, what you see here is that violent crime is down in cities of every size. In the largest cities, cities of a million people or more, violent crime is down 15% over the last year. That is a remarkable number. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you look at smaller cities, crime is down between 7% or 10%, 8%. Even in non-metropolitan counties, crime is down. So again, actual justice warrior goes into detail of exactly how David is cherry picking here. If you look regionally, you see that crime is down in the Northeast by 11%. Violent crime is down in the Midwest by 11%. It's down in the South and the West by 7% respective, respectively. And this is not the story. This is not the story that you are getting just about anywhere. Okay, David, well, that's violent crime. What about property crime? Property crime is also down in cities of all sizes. It's especially down in non-metropolitan counties. But if you look at the largest cities, it is uh, down. What's interesting is I guess it's flat in, in the largest cities, largest, largest cities. Uh, it's flat property crime. And then in cities, half a million to a million, it's down quarter million to half a million. It's down. 100K to 250K, it's down. Property crime is down. Violent crime is down. Okay, well, David, what about specifically if we look at murder? Murder is down as well. Murder is down 25% in the largest cities and 9% in the next size cities and down 22% in the smaller cities and down 15% in cities that are even smaller. All types of crime are down everywhere. And yet, when you watch Fox News, you see stuff like this. T-shirts. Dedicated. I look if what kind of alcohol is sitting next to them. I look everywhere, and if I see one thing that makes me suspicious, red flag. We you don't go to their house. Remember that time you broke into that house? Do you remember? Yes. And then we move stuff around and make it look like we weren't in there. Yeah. And. You know, you're, you're cherry picking again, Jessica. No. If you look at the NYPD statistics for here in Manhattan from 2019 to 2023, every single element of crime is up. Every single one. Well, no. If you compare it to 19, it was just in the New York Post. Were you going to call your other colleague a liar again? <laughs> now, you also have to trust your gut. When I go out now, I take my wedding band off. I put it in my pocket because yeah. I don't want to get jacked. And I'm very you athletic. Think that they're going to I wonder if there's some other reason Jesse's taking his wedding band off when he goes out. Oh, your wife, when you forget to put it back on. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> now, all the things I said on the show, that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> you need your watch on? Oh, shut up, Dana. <laughs> wow. Can I just say, the job of a public defender is to defend their client. They shouldn't have that. All right, so listen, uh, they just talk about crime is up and inflation's up. And what this really reminds us is the numbers don't matter to them. Inflation is down. Inflation is down dramatically and significantly. Again, prices are still going up, faggot. And yet they continue to say things are more expensive than ever. Well, that's true. They are more expensive than ever. Crime is down. Bullshit. All types of crime, in all sizes, cities, in all regions of the country. And they insist that there is a Biden fueled crime wave of rampant destruction and property crime and murder and sexual assault and everything. It's not actually happening. <clears throat> much, uh, that's a lie. Much like with the economy, if people don't know that, we kind of lose the benefit 
of the fact that things are improving. But they are going to continue pushing this narrative because their audience doesn't know any better. Uh, absolute projection. I, I don't know. I see statistics that it's down, but Jesse Waters told me that it's up. I guess those things are equivalent. Crime must be up. This gets us to why aren't Democrats and the Biden administration better at telling these stories? Why don't people? Uh, what you mean is why aren't they lying more? Uh, and you can lie all you want. People uh, aren't going to buy it. So keep lying, liar. Will realize that the economy is solid. Why don't people realize that inflation is down, that crime is down? To some degree, it's the propagandizing and weaponization of disinformation media. That's literally what David Pakman is doing. Targeted at these right wingers so they never hear about this stuff. But Democrats have to have some responsibility. They can't just be the victims here. I don't have the answer. It would be nice to figure out what can be done. That is one dishonest homosexual. All right, let's, let's see here. Um, let's see. Trump brags about voters associating him with revenge. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Revenge is fantastic. The Daily Mail recently commissioned a polling company to ask 1,000 American voters to say one word that they think best describes what a second term of either Donald Trump or President Biden would look like. In fact, they were asked for one word for both people. And Donald Trump shared this word cloud that showed the most frequently used words to describe what a second Trump term would look like. And Trump shared it on Truth Social as if he's proud of it. Good. Even though the biggest word, the most common word that people use to describe what a second Trump term would look like was revenge. Fantastic. Right in the middle of that big old word bubble Looks great. is the word revenge. Other words that popped up frequently with voters were dictator and dictatorship. King, power, uh, what else do we have on here? <laughs> Money, corruption, MAGA, destroy. Those aren't exactly the kinds of words that you want to pop into people's heads when they're thinking about what a second term under your rule would look like. But Trump again shared it proudly with that big word revenge sitting right there in the middle because American voters are apparently, I, I guess I'm not giving them enough credit. They do see what Donald Trump brings to the table. And for Biden, by the way, the top three words were nothing, economy, and democracy. So a little bland, a little boring, but at least they didn't say dictator and revenge and corruption. So again, I think I've not been giving American voters enough credit. I do think a lot of people understand what is at stake in next year's election. And I think a lot of people do understand that Donald Trump is not running for president again because he wants to finish his agenda because he has so many great ideas he just didn't get around to doing. It's because he wants that power back. He wants to get revenge on everybody that he believes has wronged him. Democrat, Republican, judge, doesn't matter. If you were not firmly on Donald Trump's side, he is going to come after you in a second term. And he's not been shy about it. 
He has made these promises. His lawyers are out there making these promises, openly suggesting that the, uh, uh, excuse me, the, the Colorado State Supreme Court should be criminally prosecuted oh, for great. kicking Trump off the ballot. They're very open with this. Hell, Project 2025, led by the Heritage Foundation. They want to replace everybody in Washington, D.C. with a Trump loyalist so that he can do all these Sounds horrible things fantastic. without anybody telling him no. They're very open. They're not even doing this secretly anymore. They're letting us know that we want to make Donald Trump the king. We want to empower his revenge agenda. And because they are being so open about it, more and more people are having their eyes open to what a second Trump term would be. So Trump can brag about it. He can boast about it, post it on his social media accounts all he wants, but it's not going to help him. I don't think that Trump sharing this is going to bring any new voters into the fold. And that's what he has to do in order to beat Biden, right? He couldn't do that in 2020 and it doesn't look like he's doing that now. I know the polls are kind of all over the place showing, oh, Trump can win, Trump can win, Trump can win. But in reality, when you see things like this, eh, it doesn't seem as likely, does it? When you look at Democrats overperforming in every election for the last 18 months, even in deep red areas, yeah, also kind of makes you question those polls. So take the polls with a grain of salt, because based on this poll, it does seem like voters understand what we're getting into with a second Trump term. And unless they were saying these words like revenge and corruption lovingly, it seems like most voters don't want Trump back in office. Well, then what are you worried about? Why are you so, why are you freaking out? They're claiming that Trump was mentally unstable when he delivered an insane Christmas message. Well, folks, it appears that Donald Trump had woke up in a bit of a bad mood on Christmas morning. Perhaps the three ghosts that visited him kept him up a little too late. But either way, Donald Trump got up Monday morning, Christmas Day, and uh, issued his Christmas message where he told people to rot in hell. Donald Trump took aim at everybody that he hates, including, for some weird reason, people who drive electric cars. You, he says, should rot in hell. Here is what Donald Trump told the world on Christmas morning. Merry Christmas to all, including crooked Joe Biden's only hope, deranged Jack Smith, the out of control lunatic who just hired outside attorneys fresh from the swamp, unprecedented, to help him with his poorly executed witch hunt against Trump and MAGA. Included also are world leaders, both good and bad, but none of which are as evil and sick as the thugs we have inside our country who, with their open borders, inflation, Afghanistan, surrender, green news scam, high taxes, no energy independence, woke military, Russia, Ukraine, Israel, Iran, all electric car lunacy, and so much more are looking to destroy our once great USA. May they rot in hell. Again, Merry Christmas. Fantastic. You know, if anybody else, literally anybody else that is a public official or poor or person running for office in the United States, if they posted this message, 
you know, you, you would probably call to do a, a mental health check on them. You would say this person's not well, because these are not the words of a sane person. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. This is insane. <clears throat> no, it's not. 100% like crazy. Mm-hmm. This is nope. crazy. These are the rantings of a crazy man. Uh, no, it isn't. It's a person who's uh, talking shit against your side. And yet here he is, uh, technically, according to the polls, the front runner to become the next president of the United States. And his Christmas message is rot in hell. This is yeah, the commies rot in hell man who tells us he's the only mentally competent person running for president. You want to know what Biden said Christmas morning to the world? I don't care if Joe Biden's a decrepit old pedophile with dementia. Who the hell cares what he has to say? This is what he posted. Today, may the light from the first Christmas illuminate your homes, warm your hearts, and kindle. He was at the first Christmas. He's so your hopes for the year to come. From the Biden family, we wish you and your family a peaceful and healthy holiday. Fuck you, bitch. That's what Biden put. If you notice, he did not say rotten hell. Uh, he did not wish anybody ill will at all. Um, but Trump, Trump did. And we're supposed to believe that Biden. I don't care what you believe. Is the one that's not mentally competent. I don't give a shit what you believe, testicle. While Donald Trump is ranting and raving like the lunatic on the corner wearing his underwear on his head, you know, with the sandwich board saying the end is near. Like, we, we're, we're in crazy town. We're in friggin' crazy town, folks. No, you're just a retard. This you're, you're a gaslighting little retard. Is deranged. No, Donald no. Trump put his mental incompetency on full display for the entire world to see. And it, honest to God, is just still mind-blowing. That's because you're very stupid. So your mind is blown at the smallest things. That this man has a a 1% support in any poll ever, let alone being the front-runner for both the Republican nomination and to possibly be the next president. This is crazy. This post is crazy. Yet here we are, 2023, wrap up 2023 heading into 2024 and this is the kind of crap we have to deal with this is nuts that's awesome republicans label biden an insurrectionist to kick him off the ballot that's what you deserve that's what he would deserve well it was bound to happen and here it is folks republicans across the country are now trying to ban president biden from their state ballots trying to argue that it is in fact biden who is somehow an insurrectionist. Three Republican representatives from the U.S. House of Representatives, representing different states, told media outlet uh, was it Breitbart this week that uh, uh, this is Aaron Bernstein, Charlie Bird, Corey Magar from Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona, respectively, who said, "quote The absurdity of radical Democrat judges removing Donald Trump from the ballot in Colorado will be a stain on the American political system for decades." By their very own interpretation of the law, Joe Biden is 100% not eligible to run for political office. Now, this echoes what Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said recently, which is that maybe he'll look into kicking Biden off Texas's ballot. Now you have lawmakers from Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona, three so-called swing states, that are saying, hey, maybe we're going to kick Biden off. For what? 
Well, don't worry. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Pick anything you want. Do a novel legal theory. Who cares? Because they did provide a little bit of explanation as to why they think Biden is somehow an insurrectionist. Uh, they're motivated by disagreements over policies on immigration and border security, as well as his, quote, alleged corrupt family business dealings with China, which Republicans have yet to actually demonstrate beyond innuendo and unsubstantiated That's a lie. assertions. So you don't like his policies and you think he's corrupt. You can't prove he's corrupt, Bullshit. but you think he may possibly be a little corrupt. You just, for the love of God, can't come up with any evidence. But other than that, uh, again, total lie. We don't like what he's doing with the immigration policy. And uh, so, yeah, he's an insurrectionist because of that. Do you dumbasses know what an projection insurrection is? Because I don't think you do. The people who, uh, uh, the testicle who has been misusing the term insurrection is now questioning if other people know what it means. I, I mean, you're like, by, by the Colorado court's own interpretation, Biden fits the bill. No, no, he literally doesn't. Because listen to this, even if Biden had said, let's just open the Southern border because that's Dan Patrick's big thing. And the other lawmakers also mentioned that let's open the border. Everybody can come in. No borders anymore. Just come on into the United States. Guess what? That it doesn't matter because this is about political will not an insurrection you need people with the political will to marginalize commies in every way possible what reasons you come up with that's the secondary thing you come up with some gaslighty bullshit that's just going to piss off your opponents like they do just it, it, it's ridiculous because those people are not coming into the united states to overthrow the federal government which is kind of what you have to have, at least in an attempt to overthrow the federal government. Again, what Democrats have proven, you don't need anything. You just need people with the political will to do what needs to be done in positions of power. That's all that matters. In order to have an insurrection. So it doesn't fit that definition, even though you say that. By Again, it does, that doesn't matter. Fitting the definition, that's old world shit. New world shit is using novel legal theories to to dominate your opponent with raw political power. That's the world we're in. I wish we weren't in that world, but that's the world we're in. By their interpretation, it does. No, it doesn't. And for the record, by the way, Biden hasn't even done that. So that's even in the most extreme what if scenario. And he still doesn't meet that threshold because Biden has not supported an insurrection. But again, it's a made, you're making up a threshold. But he's corrupt with China. Let's assume that President Biden is dealing under the table with China on behalf of his son. Okay, it may be a criminal offense, but it's still not an insurrection against the United States Again, of America. Again, it doesn't matter. America. So no, he wouldn't even fit the bill under that. And nothing matters with how you're doing any of this. So it's amazing. You think that Republicans now have to have good reasons to do things? No deluded fantasy, which by the way, also is not a thing that has happened, <clears throat> but Republicans are now going to start pushing this talking point. This is what we are going to hear for the next year. That's what you deserve. That Biden is also somehow an insurrectionist because that's all they can do. They can't defend what Trump did. So they just try to flip it over onto the Democrats and say, oh no, 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 you did it. But 
keep in mind when they do this, none of them are trying to say that Trump is not an insurrectionist. They're just trying to say, so is Biden, even though he's clearly not. Ring what a bitch. What a fucking bitch. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see here. We got uh, a terrific Einstein says, uh, oh, I get it. The South has to take down flags because of the Civil War, but you don't have to change the name of your outlet because of the Armenian genocide, right, Shank? Right, exactly. No self-awareness. A terrific said, been thinking, how many real tan tangible W's have Dems gotten since 2016? Stealing 2020 and January 6th. Anything else? What is it, like a thousand L's to two W's? Maybe they are finally broken, LOL. Yeah, the 2020 election was a big, I mean, and they also, um, they prevented uh, they prevented the red wave in, uh, in 22. Um, so those, I would say, are wins for them. Um, yeah, January 6th, at least narrative-wise, it was a win. Um, but they have not done a good job in building public consensus. And uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Ratio Nelson says, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, fuck Israel. Merry Christmas, uh, Horatio and uh, chat. Good to see you. Uh, he says, hi, chat. Hope all has been well. I've been out and about IRL. Stuttering John update. He streamed on Christmas drunk from his mom's house, yelling at pizza drivers and throwing cans around at family from the kitchen cheers yeah i think there was a picture of him going around on twitter uh and he didn't he looked like he was having a rough one ratio also says as i've been out have you seen the real estate firm from new york advertising beachfront high-rises and million dollar estates along the gaza beach to be developed in 2025 i've not seen that although that doesn't surprise me i believe um, while I haven't seen that, I have heard of the plans, it, it, and they're probably tentative, obviously, but uh, to, to build a theme park or something. So I think it looks like they have plans for Gaza. Um, he says, the defense minister saying we will make Gaza in the Auschwitz. Oy vey. Yeah, it's okay when they do it. <laughs> this is all when they, if Israel does it, it's totally fine. Totally fine. Aids horrific, Aiden Sign says, I get what you're saying, uh, South Africa, but you should shut the fuck up. You got political parties that want to kill all whiteies, and a whole bunch of whiteies have already been killed there too. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I, I totally uh, for forgot about that. Yeah, what the South Africa's got their own problems. See now, now I would have at least respected it as from the standpoints of a res uh, of a response. I don't like the Israeli government, but at least as a response, I would have respected uh, uh, if they were like. Hey, you got your own problems. Look what you're doing to the farmers. But you know, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. <clears throat> that's that's an impossibility. They, I don't think they really have a problem with what's going on with the farmers. But uh, you, you never know. Um, Rachel Nelson says also the Latin patriarchate. <laughs> Vatican Cardinal assigned to the region, condemned two nuns, getting sniped by IDF death squads outside Mother Teresa's sister covenant while returning with water from an aid area. Place looks like a moonscape. Well, they probably had a Hamas soldier uh, 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 up, their, uh, up their dress, so they had to make sure they took those nuns out. There might have been a Hamas guy hiding under the dress 
Got a wild, oh, is, I think there's Hamas is in the rosary, sister. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to have to take you out. Oh, man. Uh, oh, I think they have new, these new Hamas fighters that are like those little, you remember what, you remember the toys from decades ago where they were like these little capsules and you put them in water and then they would like grow into something, you know, like a, like a, like a creature or something. Maybe that's, they were like all these, they got these new Hamas fighters and they're going to put them in the water and then the Hamas is going to come out. We've got to, got to take out the nuns. <clears throat> well, I'm sure they, they warned them first. Uh, so that's, you know, most moral army in the world taking out nuns. No problem. That's all fine. If you have a problem with that, you're an anti-Semite. All right, let's see. Big Chris says, uh, yeah, Sam, Trump and a bunch of red states raised an army, declared independence from the Union, and traitorously fought the January 6th war. Yeah, they're just out of their mind. He said that because someone lied on a form to get a permit to protest, that that's somehow an insurrection. These people are out of their fucking minds. It's really, truly preposterous. Rachel Nelson says, uh, by the way, I'll call in and talk shit on Israel like the old days anytime if you want. Yeah, when I get back home, uh, we're going to do a call-in show uh, in, in January. Uh, we'll uh, announce the date when we get back. I think that'll be fine. Catching up on missed donations, uh, too. Thank you. I appreciate that. Good to see you. Merry shit, miss, from the Holy Turd. Save it for the end, unless you want to play an Xmas video. Cheers. All right, very good. Yeah, we'll, we'll play it now. This is, a, I guess, this is a breaking news from the internet from Horatio Nelson. Let's uh, let me bring up Rumble here one second. Okay. All righty. I think, yeah, I'll put this in Brave. I still haven't had a problem with Brave as far as the ad blocker but apparently youtube's cracking down on ad blockers i've not had a problem so far so hopefully that continues so far so good warm bread oh, oh is that marky post still crooked what i want for christmas is for mom and dad to get along your number one email pal jeremy holy shit look at that email What, what do you do for a living? I'm an elf. You won't have a job. Oh, oh a little bit of humor. Oh, oh. What kind of Santa would I be firing an elf three <laughs> days before Christmas? Oh, oh, oh. I'll can you in January. Well, back to work. I can't get the pipes fixed by Christmas. Why not? No workers. Everybody's taking the holidays off.
Oh, it turned red for green. Baking ornaments of dough, playing outside in the snow. Christmas specials on TV. Heard throughout the gutter, we just ganked us some dope things. Uh, Cause those who ain't able to get it, I can finally get it. Cause the ghetto Santa Claus is sprinkled the hood. Now we born and live into a new year. A better thing, celebrate with some champagne. Three more killing days to Christmas. Many times, many ways. Was, will understand. He isn't an old man. He's Santa Claus and he's in trouble. <laughs> Without Christmas gold, we have to stay tears forever. Gold! Gold! Give me gold! A lot of gold, get ready, cause my Christmas list goes to look something like this. $1,200, 11 pair of shoes, 10 fingernails, 9 packs of weep, 8 male strippers, 7 bucks, pack of 6 diamond rings, 5 Months free rent for baby girls, three pocketbook, two earrings, and a man with a lot of money.
very good. All right, that is the end of the stream. Uh, next stream will, let's see, what, is, what did I say? I think either Sunday or Monday. Uh, it'll be uh, 10 Eastern uh, Standard, or yeah, Eastern Standard. Um, you can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash Hard News Network, or on Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com, or you can go to Twitter which is at live HNN. Thank you very much, everybody who uh, sent in Super Chat, Streamlabs, and Breaking News. Sincerely appreciate your generosity. Thank you for supporting the channel, whether you download the archive or watch live or whatever it is. Sincerely appreciate uh, your support. And uh, we will see you, I guess, in 2024. I am the hard bastard. Thank you for watching.